let me know when you want to start the show. I'm ready, baby. Now. have accidentally clicked on ear and loathing <laughs> you might as well stay since you're here <laughs> butterfingers <laughs> but uh was that from the operation yeah uh ad yeah that's right oh, oh, oh operation right yeah. with the bone the- <laughs> that, of the uh ads for kids games right two quotes i use in my daily life butterfingers <laughs> like why they got a kid from I don't know what, what that accent is. Like, it's the bon- Bronx. Yeah, the <laughs> Long Island. Butterfingers. Butterfingers. <laughs> and then the other one is, uh, uh, is, is the, I think it's, was it Stratego? Stratego, yeah. Where, where the, the babysitter comes in and, and kind of puts her arms around the two kids and goes, may I play? <laughs> Do you guys remember that one? No, kind yeah. of. I remember this. Or is it, no, it's Connect Four, maybe. Didn't Stratego have a great song? Stratego. Like- yeah. <laughs> Stratego. All right. So you are here at Ear and Loathing. You sunk my battleship. (laughs) (laughs) The Gitmo Bros, reminiscing. And uh, we are the number one rockers forever. And don't you forget that. Not number two. You may may be number two or number three. That's fine. You're welcome to stay down there. We're the number one rockers forever. Number one. Number one. Come on. It's not even an argument. And with me here in the room in the entertainment capital of the world is uh, the resident media darling of Ear and Loathing. Say hello. Hi, I'm George White. Uh, you guys have heard of Hot Rods? This is Hot Pod. That's right. We're Hot Pod. Sizzling with with the with the bros. And uh, calling in from the North Star, he's my North Star. He's your North Star. He is now George's North Star. He's moved into the position that we've been waiting for. It took some minute, a little bit of trust, but I got it now. Yeah, he's my North Star. <laughs> he's the yeoman purser of the North Star. Say hello. Bring Hello. <laughs> it's me. Yeah, it's your old buddy what? on the telephone. Why it's Aaron. Cut, How's it? How are you? Cut out. <laughs> I yeah, I think it was so goddamn loud that the that the that the Zoom audio I, I, that's probably on your recording feed so we did yeah. get that enthusiastic bring that you just delivered but over it's here my, it just it completely it, vanished it vanish. it's my trademark it's, like the, it's my it trademark like the, bring it was yeah. like the, it was like the mic diaphragm just went nope yeah i'm out so yeah, yeah. We, we're here at uh at uh you know the uh gitmo bros hq ready for episode 12 and secret we got studio we're got a, a secret studio where we are at a secret studio, a secret underground stu- bunker. Secret studio, and uh, we got a hot twelve coming at you here. Hot dozen, favorite number too. Yeah. Favorite number, yeah. so and, and perfect. It's your favorite number. You're also in the in the uh, torture chamber this week. We've done another another round, uh, another another revolution around the sun. Everyone Our show will be a be a man as far as the Jewish faith is concerned. Next episode. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> wow. I know he's being bar mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, we invite you out. To the Mount Sinai Country Club this or bot, weekend, or bot, <laughs> or bot, you know, or bot. Well, we're could men, be, so know, our show could know. be a lady. You know? <laughs> the show could be a lady. You don't know. Depends on the episode. I guess <laughs> our show is fluid. <laughs> That's right, baby. Whatever it takes to have a good time. 
so yeah, here we are at, uh, at episode 12. and uh, That's what as... being fluid's all about, is just having a good time. Just having a good time. What are you into? Whatever. <laughs> so speaking of good times, I think it's time that we go say hello to our friend, uh, because as you guys know, uh, George is, is uh, not only in the torture chamber, but also gets to direct traffic for the first segment. And uh, come up with a topic here in our a little place that our friend Clem Clemson, yeah, Clem Clemson, <laughs> he went to Clemson University, believe right. it or not, yeah, uh, that he likes to call. Hi there, welcome to Kibitz Corner. <laughs> Thanks, Clem. It's just funnier because it's you doing impressions. He's, he's funny. He's alternate. Sometimes, again, sometimes we love him. Sometimes we hate him. This sometimes he's very funny, and to me, he's funny today. It's funny. Right. It's it just it depends on what mood he's in. Because his not performance us. It's not us, it's him. It's him. Yeah, he's, no, different. he's different. It's not us. Yeah. <laughs> Clem 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 works the crowd. It just it depends yes. on, you know, does he is he gonna do his his A his top shelf material or is he gonna do his blue material? What's he gonna do? Little subtleties, he's savvy, he's a savvy performer. Yeah, that's we know that about Clem. So anyway, Clem yes. has now uh welcomed us into the Kibitz Corner, and now George will take over and and uh let us know what's on his mind. He set the stage with his whittling stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 uh, I have what I think is an interesting topic and, and, uh, and some things uh, to this topic I don't know about my two Gitmo bros. And so I'm interested in, in how – So There's no bad questions. There's no bad questions. So tell, tell me how it is – tell us what instrument you play and how you came to it. Why did you decide to play this instrument? Did you take lessons? Hmm. What's your story of why you are a drummer, bass player, guitar player? How did you find your way to it? Um, and then you're going to answer that as well, right? I will. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's going to Go answer ahead, why. We, he's going to answer for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So uh, I uh, I play bass primarily, and uh, was a bass player in the bands that I was in. Um, when I was a kid, listeners to the show may remember Kevin Sullivan, who I spoke about when we did the <laughs> Ramones episode. When he ca- was, he castigated you for being yeah, such a nerd he, for yelling you know, at the, the because Ramones I yelled as at they the crossed Ramones. the streets from yeah, Denny's. That's right. I was so excited, and uh, he was bummed at me then. Probably be bummed at me now. Um, so I was about uh, 12, 13, I think, and I was keen. Same to, age as our episodes. Yes, right. Yeah. Keen to be a rocker, uh, and it's it's. I was really coming online hardcore with chicks and rock and so <laughs> i it, and he was a guitar Online. player and so i was like oh man this is a this is a big deal i got to get involved in some of this and it was all very very clear to me that i wasn't going to be a you know a doctor or an engineer or anything <laughs> so i was trying to trying to plan and uh so anyways i was like ah i know i'll play guitar and kevin said stop right there and i said what do you mean and he said well First of all, I play guitar. You can't as well. Also, <laughs> he goes, also, and this is probably the wisest thing that anyone's ever said. He goes, now, reflect on this. Your dad plays guitar, right? I said, yeah, because he was right, you know. And, and then he said, he goes, he's got uh, acoustic guitar? I go, yeah, because, you know, he was right. And then he said, so if you play guitar, do you think that you're going to get bought an electric guitar? I said, No. <laughs> and I started to see what he was saying, and I was like, "So I'm going to play, I'm going to play this dopey, uh, dopey acoustic guitar." And he goes, "That's right." He goes, "So you don't want to do that?" I go, "No, you're right. I don't want to do that." And he goes, "You want to play bass? Uh, everybody needs a bass player." And it was wise for him to know that at 14, yeah. 
Yeah. He said, everyone's going to need a bass player. I go, okay. And, and I already knew about John Taylor at that moment, and I knew about Paul McCartney. And so it started to dawn on me that, that the bass was the way to go because there's no way my dad was going to get me an upright bass, right? And so I said, Dad, <laughs> I want to play bass. He said, dynamite news. As soon as you save up the money, we'll go and get you. I said, God damn it. And you started mowing lawns. <laughs> and so... Uh, Aaron sold grit. <laughs> so cut to like uh, a few months later, I had a bit of, I had a bit of cash and uh, we went to... Uh, record or uh, uh, music store in the like Northridge, I think it was. And uh, he, we parked the car and he goes, All right, check it out. He looks at me, he goes, We're not going to buy the first thing that you see. We're going to go in there. We're going to look at some stuff. We're going to, we're going to look around. You're going to get the feel for things. And then we're going to, uh, we'll, we'll make a few trips. Get used to this. This is going to how you're going to learn how to use the instrument and what, it, what it feels like and all that. And I said, Great. So we walk in and I see one, the Weston uh, Pro 2 that looked just like John Taylor's bass. I said, I like that one. Dad said, how much for that one? The guy told him, he goes, you throw a case in? The guy goes, yeah. He goes, done. <laughs> <laughs> and, for, and for those that don't know, I don't know if it's still this way now, but dealing with guys at Guitar Center and wherever was like dealing with a used car salesman. Yeah, right. They always were yeah, like, literally like, I, let me check with my boss in the back. Yeah. I can't go 600 on the Explorer or whatever. Right. They always yeah, my were. dad was yeah, immediately right. exhausted uh, by the process as soon as we walked in. <laughs> and so like we were out of there in like, I don't know, 15 minutes, uh, absolute tops. And... Uh, <laughs> And so, uh, so that was it. And I was already a bass player, and I started doing that. And I took some lessons, and for a few years, and got got some chops. And uh, and but and then I knew how to hold a guitar and play a guitar, acoustic guitar, because of you know my father and because of Kevin. And uh, that was pretty much it. That's how it all started. And uh, he and Kevin was right a thousand percent. Um, he was. Nobody needed another guitar player. Uh, that's for for sure. Um, and uh, and so and. That's it. That's the that's the whole sordid tale. And I was uh, in business at thirteen. And, and bonus, you're a back. You're a, a bass player that also sings backups well. <laughs> that's really the other thing. Like it's uh, yeah, know, worked it's like hard. A at first that. baseman that can hit. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> you know, worked worked hard on that and uh, yeah. and uh, loved loved to do that. And you know, I wanted to be Sting or Paul McCartney. So you know, and John Taylor sang too. So my big three yeah. at that age. You had to do it because what fun was doing it. And I didn't view bass playing as a background deal. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody's seen me rocking, I I tend to get a little into it uh, and often to the chagrin of my bandmates. But it was my view that I was a front man. Uh, Still is. (laughs) <laughs> sitting in your basement I like that that's right, a front man in my basement act <laughs> remember uh, kitchen rocking when you when you uh, rehearsed yeah. for uh, for the act yeah right I'm yeah. rocking in my kitchen yeah. and little little known fact uh, the guy who made the the Weston bass the, the company was such a failure that he went and opened the troubadour Doug so, is right. that true or not? No. Okay, okay. Doug, <laughs> Doug Weston's troubadour. I know, I know that, right. but I thought maybe that's true. Like, wow, I've never uh, heard that. I, the, okay. the, uh, it was a, it's, it's a garbage base, but I still have it. Um, I was going to ask if, you, if it was still hmm. in the collection. Yeah, I've sold, I've sold way Arsenal. better bases, uh, but never, but I can't, I could never bring myself to. No way, that's that red. The red one was the, like the yellow stripe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the, that's my old girl. I love her. Nice. Yep. But uh, yeah, so that's it. That's my that's my sort of tale. And then I, I started playing bass with Damon, uh, just fucking around uh, in when I was a freshman. So however old that is, fifteen. Um, it's only a and, year later, yeah. 
Yeah, and then then I joined his band in the spring of '88. So I was a, a year or so older after that. So that's uh, that's my tale. All right, Damon, and you? <laughs> yeah, primarily a drummer. Uh, and I let's see, the history of that is air drumming, like I could do. And I, I, I watched videos and, and, and live drummers whenever – you didn't really have the opportunity to see oh no live music that much at that age. But yeah. when you did, I kind of just marked what all their different limbs were doing. Yeah. And then I would take that home and just <coughs> drum on pillows and stuff. And yeah. then the first time I sat down at an actual drum set mm-hmm. you know, with the sticks and the hi-hat and then the whole – the kick drum and the whole deal, I actually made the sound of real drums. Yeah, <laughs> so right, all yeah. of my air drumming – properly placing my feet and my hands and doing the right things uh worked translated yeah translated to the to the real world so um still a lot to learn at that point but at least the basics were were covered at that point uh and what's the why why drums um why drums uh i Hmm. just think that i didn't really have any aspirations to do anything else Hmm. meaning I, i i would pick up an acoustic guitar my dad had one my sister must have had one at that point, and I would find little note lines and stuff on it. That was kind of fun, but I didn't. I didn't really have a lot of interest in doing that. Drums just seemed it was something. It was the, it was the path of least resistance. I, it's, mm. it's like I think in my brain I was going. I already kind of know how to do this, so I might as well just go with it. Yeah. To my to my you know everlasting regret because it's all I'm not nowadays. I'm still the asshole who brings not only the drum set. But the PA. Right. That's the whole thing of it. Right. It's the hardest one yeah. to lug. Yeah. <laughs> my corny line is, you know, my comeback to anybody who sees me lugging out 70 trips of shit in and out yeah. with my car. They, yeah, I bet you regret being a drummer, which you hear all the time. Oh, yeah. Not an original thought, folks. But uh, I bet you regret being a drummer. And then I, my retort is always, I've just got it, you know, cocked and loaded, is, in my next life, I'm going to be a harmonica player. <laughs> <laughs> right in your pocket. Right yeah. You, <laughs> you should say, instead... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Not lug your shit. Fuck you. Not, it's a, I bet you regret being a drummer. Not as much as I regret meeting you. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as I regret this exchange. <laughs> Grill. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I, I started picking up other, other things. And, and uh, I can make interesting noises out of instruments, but don't ask me to play guitar solo on stage or anything like that can never do it live but in a studio in like a a kind of you know mad laboratory i can i can make other instruments sound good but you know i I, on stage i should probably be a drummer (laughs) and also by the way as you mentioned i'm pretty damn good at backup vocals as which is which is kind of unheard of for drummers it is in fact my current band I have some experience, you know, strumming rhythm guitar and singing lead. I'm not a good lead singer at all. But I thought, well, I can kind of put some of these songs in the in the right key for myself and and do this myself just be, not not for any re- not for any ego reason, but more just for the fact that I just thought it would be a, again a straighter path to getting this band launched. Yeah. But then I thought I'm a mediocre singer and I'm a way better backup singer yeah. harmonizer yeah in particular i'm just shouting out vocals but yeah. really just finding cool harmonies and stuff and i just we learned how to sing real quick because we learned how as in our band that we were in in those early days when we were kids is that because we weren't shredders on our instrument the commodity that we did have and that you could get good at especially when three of the four people in the band shared dna is that you sounded neat singing together and so 
we could do four part harmonies right away and make up for the fact that we weren't, you know, soloists and, and we're writing, you know, three chord punkies fun songs. But when you have four voices singing that, like they're not other sort of punky bands that did that in that way. And right. so that was a neat commodity to grab a hold of real quick, even if you weren't very good. You're, you're exactly right. And that was kind of the, my final point of the last thing I was saying is I was, I'm way more valuable as a drummer that thing, sings backup than a lead right. singer who's, a, who's mediocre at both playing guitar and, <laughs> and singing lead. <laughs> yeah. so, so that's why I decided to stick with the drums with, that, with this band. Um, well, also, and also, did you take lessons? One or two. And it, that was one thing I realized when I, the, the guy who started giving me lessons was from one of those Sunset Strip uh, kind of really pop metal bands. So, so episode one, lesson one, twirling. Yeah, exactly. First on, I don't know any. Yeah, other. lesson one was really lesson two was was hitting the stick to your head <laughs> to the beat. The yeah, like Kenny, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, like Kenny. from uh, autograph. Right, Kenny's exactly. from autograph. Yeah, one, and, two, three, four. And, and my teacher's name was Mister Kenny. No, no, he wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, but uh, so anyway, but the guy, the guy who was giving me lessons when I first sat down, I just told you I could play. I sat down at his drum set and oh. he was thinking this kid doesn't know anything. And when I sat down, he was a little bit surprised. He went, Oh, okay. Well, we're past the basics. Let's, and he started teaching me some other stuff like you're paradiddles like, and stuff. You're like, I've been playing pillows for three years, yeah, my friend. Yeah. Where you been? And how, and how old, how old are you when you go to see, uh, Fif Mr. Kenny and twirling? Uh, <laughs> 15 or 16. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so anyway, that's, uh, did I answer that whole thing? You did. That was okay. a good answer. It's a really good answer. So tell us. Uh, mine, mine is much more innocent. Um, it just, it boils down to cats. That's it. And the reason is, and when I think the of cats, the musical, no, no, that, that not oh. cats, the musical, <laughs> oh. just that, that we're so, you know, I'm 11 years old and, and here's kiss and our, you know, uh, Paul Lynn Halloween special, which is our generation's Ed Sullivan moment. Yeah. And, you know, you look all the kids in the neighborhood and we're looking at the characters and we decide we're going to be kissed for Halloween and whatever. And my only identification, because I don't really know anything about music. I don't know a guitar from a bass guitar. I'm 11 years old. I don't know one is six strings, one is whatever. And I look at the characters and I go, well, I like cats and I have a cat. So <laughs> I guess it's drums. And that was, that was the extent of yeah. my thought process. And I'm always marvel at that, that I think, well, God, if I had... If I'd like vampire movies or space, would I have been something else? Because that was the thing about Kiss is Paul was such a mystery to, especially back then when you're a kid, just the whatever androgynous star child personality, but you didn't really understand, well, what's that? Yeah. What's he, I don't know what he's doing. I right. think and it speaks to the fact that you're like, you're a sweet guy and yeah. you, as cool as you may have wanted to be at that age, you were first a sweet kid. So yeah. you like yeah. the, yeah, the cat is. is something that you could go, all right, I, I, yeah. I, I can sort of reckon with what that is. I don't understand those three other weirdos. Well, yeah. Well, and also I, I, now, now just, you brought something up. You're right. Good, good, good psychology, Aaron, that I, that I remember thinking about the makeup because then it was that for that Halloween, it wasn't like kiss makeup wasn't readily available yet. You know, kiss makeup from Ronco. They didn't have that. You would like go to Hollywood to a Hollywood magic shop and get, clown white and silver and whatever to yeah. and i looked at that and thought i understood from looking at his face and looked at my i remember looking at my own cat's face and like oh these are the whiskers and that's yeah. his nose and the other ones i didn't quite understand what like well why is he a spaceman does he wear a helmet why didn't what's the big i didn't understand why is there a star in his eye i don't 
Right. I kind of understood Gene were like, well, they look like bats. I understand, but I didn't, you know, because you're a kid. Sure. And I didn't. So that, that's that was the extent of how I came to drums was a cat. Yeah. That was the extent of it. And then um, there was a music, uh, a place in town in Burbank called Larry Larson Music. And I don't even know. I think we might have just, I told my mom and we called on the phone, like maybe Yellow Pages even. And I went, I took lessons for, for quite a, for quite a while, like probably from 11 to probably 14. I took lessons for a while every week. And my teacher is a guy named Al Garibaldi, who was a little like jazz guy with like the yellow tinted glasses. Oh, nice. And super, <laughs> super thin and looked like that he was just going to fucking fall over. Yeah. You know, but, but then you get him behind a kit and it's just like, like Stanley. That, that, yeah, just fucking like super fluid, like doesn't move his arms. It's just wrists. Like just starts yeah. ripping it out. Right. And you're like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. You know, but he also had the foresight that he knew that I wasn't that just because I guess for the times he knew that, well, this isn't a guy or kids in general don't want to learn paradiddles and all this other shit. And he had, which ended up being a Bible for everybody was uh, Carmine of Peace, Realistic Rock which was a book that Carmine and Peace Rock wrote that was about rock drumming. And mm-hmm. I learned how to read, like actually learned how to read rock drumming, mm. which isn't hard, but still you learned it. And you, and so I learned that whole book. And then even, and this, this is the part that always gets me, is that Al was, Al was funky enough that he went, okay, well, and this is of course during disco, this is 78, 79, whatever. And he goes, he goes, we lear- I learned all of realistic rock, which include triplets and everything and basic rock beats and, but no fills and, and it was just beats. And he went, okay, we're going to go through the book again, but we're going to open the hi-hats in certain places. When I circle the note, you open the hi-hat there. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, oh shit. And later on, I'm like, wow, that was a pretty funky choice by Al yeah. to go like, no, no, you got to learn a little accents, a little something here. And he would, we had three things we would do realistic rock. We would do, he'd write something in just a blank notebook. He'd write fills for me and stuff to learn. And then we would do um, practice pad. Yeah. Which um, was not of interest to George White <laughs> at all. Didn't even buy a practice pad. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'll just, I'll just go on the snare drum. Yeah. And I learned later that learning those stroke rolls, like five through 14, that that's what made you good at fills. Yeah. And I was never really good at fills because I just didn't. You skipped that. Hole. I kind of, I knew them, but I wasn't really, you know, like, oh, this is the week of practice pads. Me and him just sitting there with practice pads. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, let's get in the kit. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Chicks don't like practice pads. Well, in bringing up the next part of the story, then I join an act and whatever. I'm 19 by then, and we play the FM station and all that shit. And it just and I have this giant drum kit, like this. Huge, <laughs> I I'd had before that a a Remo drum kit, not even just the heads. It was made by Remo, mm. and it was a pretty nice kit though, five piece. But then of course, by around 13 or something, I'd maneuvered my mom through Christmases and saving money to maneuver into of course peter peter chris plays pearl because he wants the best Mm -hmm. so i had to get pearl and i had a double kick four toms two floor toms one christmas still a a tradition in my family roto toms which i could not have been more excited to get sure my uncle still now every christmas morning when someone opens something he yells roto tom toms because i was so excited (laughs) running around his whole house that i got roto toms (laughs) so i've got a fucking 15 piece drum set with just now i'm loading it into the fm station 
and I'm just an idiot because I'm still didn't want to dress cool, and I'm wearing high-heeled boots and gloves. Like, and I don't realize because, of course, I've learned how to twirl. Yeah, and I don't realize that you're wearing gloves, asshole, and not leather gloves, which it might work with that, but. Like like gloves like you'd buy I bought them at Nordstrom's, like in the women's section, and they were leopard skin. And I twirl the first time and the stick just goes yeah. off and I'm like, Oh, this is a bad idea. My foot's not fitting on the pedal with heels this big. And all in that moment, I look and in, in my brain, of course, all of us want to get chicks, and I'm like, hmm. Four other dudes, chicks, four other dudes, me. Mm-hmm. Giant drum set in front of me. There's no way, and I'm the last person on anyone's mind here. Yeah. I'm the last fucking guy. <laughs> I am not going to be. This is this is wrong. Yeah, this like, is wrong. <laughs> roadies are going to be heading off the chicks at the pass before <laughs> yeah, they get to you. Didn't even like, yeah. Oh, you were the guy in the back. I could just see his head and yeah. the hat you were wearing. <laughs> and, I thought it was really cool when you you threw your drumsticks. You're like, fuck! <laughs> I was twirling. <laughs> and so I and so then around 21, I was like, well, I'm going to be a singer now. Yeah, and you know, um, I remember going to my first vocal lesson with uh, this woman, Katie, who uh, when I worked at MCA Records, she was like one of those just smoking cigarette jazz singers. Like, how you doing, Jorge? <laughs> <laughs> we go, and she's on the piano in her, in her house, and I go to her sing lessons, and and I, I'm trying to sing, and she and she goes, "Well, I think I can, I think I can get you two octaves. I think." <laughs> <laughs> And it was just a disaster after that where I'm more of a front man than a singer, obviously, now. and uh, But I was con- the, the vocal lessons were Sunday mornings. So how do you think that went at 21? Yeah, no. I'm just doing the breathing exercises, and a couple of times I passed out with her standing over me. You okay, kid? <laughs> and I'm on the ground in my glam rock outfit going, yeah, Katie, uh. like, <laughs> Yeah. And Which is funny because you're an incredibly energetic uh uh, dynamic frontman, and I've never even seen you get winded, but you passed out in your first vocal lesson. Because right, I was hung because o- I was hung over. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I, I drive to her house in North Hollywood from uh, USC, and I'm hung over. And she go, "You hung over?" I'm like, "No, no, I'm fine, ready to go." Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going v v v v v v, doing all the vocal exercise she's taught me and yeah. everything, and it just and yeah, I was not a I'm not a gifted singer. <laughs> very that good delivery me. system. Yes, yes. <laughs> One of my rare ventures into, you know, formal training yeah. was I wanted to learn the piano mm-hmm. in my teens. Like mm-hmm. I was well, I, and I kind of already knew drums. And I just thought, well, who doesn't want to play piano, right? Mm. I love to, you know, be like a Elton John at a party or something. Mm. I love how everyone has that fantasy that they want, they're going to sit down at a piano at a party. No one has piano. And everyone's going, going, and of course you're going to get laid behind it. Yeah, That's right. the whole point of the whole thing. <laughs> Were you the guy playing, uh, did you just play uh, Come Sail Away? That was so good. <laughs> you're so talented. Right. You want to get a drink? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I went to this lady and she, uh, she, I don't know, when you're young, everyone looks old. Yeah. But she was, I think she was truly old and she okay. was used to giving kids, you know, lessons that are just starting out as, you know, ding, 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 ding. Right. And, and, uh, I was, I was, I would go home and practice and I could do the basic things that she taught me. And she was getting really enthusiastic about my progress. Cause yeah. I'm like, it's been like three lessons. Can I be playing something like cooler than this? Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, like I said, Elton John or Billy, Billy Joel or can something. I learned your songs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so, uh, 
finally one lesson i brought this the uh the music book of the album prince's parade yeah right and if you remember the album cover it's black and white and he's like kind of has his arms up like this and he's wearing a, a belly shirt. Yes, right. The, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And, yeah. And that's right, on the yeah. cover. Yeah. And <laughs> the song I asked her to show me, because it's sheet music that she yeah, can right, read. Yeah, right, yeah. And uh the song I asked her to show me how to play is uh, is new position. <laughs> <laughs> that's your choice. <laughs> I don't even know that Got song. Got to try a new position. I don't, I don't know that one. It's well, obviously we know what he's singing about right, when he says yeah. new position, yeah. and it's a super funky bass part that yeah. you're supposed to be doing with your left hand. Yeah. And so she's trying to get through it like, dum, and she's hitting the chord at the same dum 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 dum. And so her her final kind of assessment of this whole disaster of a of a lesson was. Not that the music was bad or that I should, but she just goes, she pointed the cover of Prince in his belly shirt and said, I just don't get why people like things like this. <laughs> and I, and I'm pretty sure that's the last time I went to her. Not that I, I just thought, well, I, I'm not a, the time it's going to take me to get to be a really good, cool, funky piano yeah. player. Is yeah. this going to take too long? Yeah. And I just am not interested at this point. I don't want to keep, you know, playing here we go up a row to a birthday party. You know, that's like, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you were like me and my, and me and my, uh, in my practice pad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. You so yeah. Get that real life experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm learned from the clubs and from the street. That's right. <laughs> So, uh, do, have we answered your? your you have question, very George? well, very well. I'm, well, I'm then, excited to learn all these stories about you fellas. Well, then this. I have my answer. I have my answer. <laughs> Look out for the fucking bus, Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> the glee you take in it is is more than is better than the clip itself. <laughs> I have so, my answer. So proud of proud of yourself. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we're the first. <laughs> Uh, podcast, nay, any broadcast show ever, yeah, that has used a Michael Caine "I Have My Answer" Hannah or Sisters clip. Hannah and my sisters, right? I yeah, that right. I, I, we got to be the first, right? Yeah, I would think. Yeah. I'm claiming. That. I didn't know what it was when you played it. <laughs> I defy someone to point out the use of that uh, audio clip in another high quality show like this. Yes. So it's time, I believe, George, the torture chamber. You yeah, know, I, I know that I know you're trying to put it off, but guess what? With Let's my go. funny stories about cats. Torture chamber. Okay, I'm not gonna bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know. But I'm gonna torture you anyway. Suffering. Angry. Pain. Torture. The torture was also the sound our parents and neighbors were experiencing while we were learning drums oh yeah yeah exactly i'd, I'd headphones i learned her records yeah yeah <laughs> all right so anyway we are now in the torture chamber and aaron i think i figured out that you go first this time okay okay does that's that sound right me yeah, yeah that's yeah sounds good sounds good and fucking good luck following up this uh, a big claim, big right. bolt, the fucking balls in this guy. All right, <laughs> I mean, just as just as an epic, just epicness alone, uh, mm-hmm. you know. All right, cock of the walk over here. Hit me. <laughs> he is a cock, a real cock. <laughs> All right, let's start this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm not gonna look. Oh. This has been on my list for a while, Aaron. Richard, Richard Harris, I'm seeing. I know this song. Spring was never waiting for us, girl. It ran one step ahead. The, this is, I, I hope you have all the, like, the Jimmy Webb oh, stories and everything. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I got yeah. it. Okay. So this is uh, This is MacArthur, MacArthur Park. Park. This is uh, written oh, by Jimmy Webb. That's who, uh, why I know what it is. Because I think of uh, Donna Summer. Yeah, she okay. covered yeah. it. Okay, so she yeah. did one. Her yeah. version has has a point uh, and uh, <laughs> should be on this planet. Um, this one uh, is wild. Uh, and this is coming. This is from a writer, Jimmy Webb, beautiful writer uh, oh, yeah. who wrote you know, Wichita Lineman, uh, By the Time I Get to Phoenix, uh, a million songs, a million, million, million songs. So this song is just wild uh and <laughs> he wrote it he was commissioned by uh by a producer uh bones how who was working on a uh, a uh, with him many times an association <laughs> the a, a record for the association in 1967 mm-hmm. so he commissioned uh this known uh commodity uh to write give me a song but he goes but here check it out i want you to explore the space I want you to <laughs> I want you to write a song that has different uh different movements. Uh, I want you to deal in time signature variations. I want you to, you know, explore the space. So he goes, dynamite, can do. He breaks up with his woman, or she broke up with him more than likely, and she at the time worked at Aetna, which was right across the street from, you guessed it, MacArthur Park in Los Angeles. Ah, And he used to see her frequently. And so during this heartbreak, he was meandering like a lost sack of potatoes wandering around (laughs) MacArthur Park (laughs) like like a mopey mopey freak. And it sounds like it when you hear the song. So he puts the number together and he shows it to Bones Howe. And and Bones Howe goes, yeah, I'm going to pass on this. This is just too crazy. He goes, and he's like, but I gave you, you asked me to explore the space. He goes, I, this is, I'm rejecting this entirely. And this is, this doesn't sound. Followed like, up with, don't make me call security. Yeah, I got it. I'm going to need you to leave. So, this meeting so is like, over, you, Jimmy. This meeting is over. And, and, you know, it doesn't sound like an association song. Uh, so like in that regard, he's right. But what do you ask for? So he, he produced this, which. Uh, was meant as a, uh, in Jimmy's mind, a cantata, which is a song that has uh, a bunch of different parts. And usually there's a choir arrangement um, and strings and all kinds of stuff. And all of that appears on this song. And there are four different movements in this song. Um, One and of them bowel, apparently. Seven, <laughs> like about seven minutes long, which is interesting because Donna Summer's disco version yeah. It's shorter than this version. And it's long. When has that ever been it's true? It's long, yeah. Yeah, hers is six minutes and change. And this yeah. is seven minutes and change. And this is a, an unbelievable epic, and that's the song. Now, the lyrics <laughs> the lyrics are so crazy, but Jimmy Webb tells us, because uh, um, he's always asked about them because they're insane. Yeah, the cake out in the rain, right? Yeah, and he yeah, says, right, yeah, right, this yeah. is all things that I saw in MacArthur Park from the old guys playing checkers to uh, like probably a, presumably a, a, a birthday party, a quinceanera or something. And they left a cake out. And so he's all depressed walking around and he sees his old funky cake 
uh, rotting away in the sun. <laughs> and so like he <laughs> wow. says that he saw all of this stuff. And so people just think he was like on a mushroom trip, which like he might have been, but he also saw these things. And so he just sort of transcribed what he was seeing. And so those are the crazy lyrics. And then there's crazy Richard Harris. Yeah, right. So, but that's my question. Now, I have no now, idea. Why is he in he this? He had made he had done Camelot, and right, in Camelot okay. he sung three or four numbers in that famously. Okay. So he had decided out of nowhere he ran into Jimmy Webb at a party and said, "I want to make a record." Jimmy said, "Right on, sounds good." Because uh, he just thought he was hammered, <laughs> which he probably was. Is sure, Richard sure, Dick. Whatever. I'm gonna go to the punch bowl. <laughs> and he gets called. He gets called like three weeks later from London. Come out here. We're gonna. I want to see some songs. And so Jimmy rolls out there with a handful of numbers. The last one he plays him is this song. It's the one that Richard wants. So that's going to get put on a record, on a pop record that Richard's going to make. And so they record it. And like, we've dealt with this before where we say absurd, absurd confidence. Now, there is no more absurdly confident song or delivery than this. And it's ill-placed because it's <laughs> nuts. It's not nuts. earned. Now, Let's just listen to Richard now. Like yeah, now that we have it. that information, Hit it. Hit let's it. have let's have Richard. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. This is a seven fucking minute song, yeah, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> you said you wanted to go second. Next time, I get to play two <laughs> for you. <laughs> As we yeah. If this, I don't know if this is if you're playing fair, and because if there's like four different songs in one song, you're, you're torturing George four times. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: the worst part is the front half. After okay. that, it actually becomes that something doesn't that's help. fun. So, like, let's 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 just get to it. Now that you know the entire thing. Okay. After the first three minutes, I'm going to take the knife from out from underneath your thumbnail. <laughs> well, then I'm going to then I'm and then it's just going to be just going to be a little bit of you know, some some lighters on me. Well, I have a funny <laughs> visual to go along with the second half of the okay. song. So let's okay. play this. Let's play okay. Richard. As we followed in the dance, between the parted pages. And we're pressed in love's hot fevered iron Like a striped pair of pants <laughs> A what? A striped, a striped pair of pants? Striped. Yeah. yeah, he's rocking the, uh, the, the, bards, the bards English Yeah, striped uh, Like, mean as a strapity snake <laughs> <laughs> So he's wandering around the park Like yeah, a coop With, with a broken heart pants. With a broken uh, heart oh, shit. And, he, and he's about to look at some, some old wet cake his chick and, uh, works at Aetna. <laughs> and then he's going to really start gearing up his emotion. He sounds like Captain Kirk. It's crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> it really does sound like that. This is 1968. Yeah. 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 Dude, he's just going for it. Like, listen to the confidence. Like, he's like, yeah, yes. And so could, could we go back for a second? Because I need a little more context here, even though you've explained very well. Um, so Richard Harris is the actor that I know mm -hmm. from. Yes. So he's, you said he was in Broadway. He's in Camelot. He was in the okay. film Camelot, too. Okay. So like film. the film okay. was out. Okay. And what else do I know hit, him from besides 
besides uh, uh, that? Uh, like I don't shit the lion in winter. I think he was. He okay. was always. He was always a, running guy, around with Peter O'Toole. I recognize he's running his around face. with Sean Connery. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. He's also he's in Gladiator too. That's, he's say Gladiator. Yeah. He's in Gladiator. That's yeah. what he's right. Yeah. He's the guy that uh, they hired him for that because yeah. he's got the gravitas of King Arthur from Camelot. Right. So like yeah, okay. he's got the he's the legacy man. And that's plus he's, where I know him. Okay. Yeah, so him, Peter O'Toole, Sean Connery, they come from the same Gravitas school. So and and but so, so what I'm getting to is it so why did he make a pop record? Well, like we talked about before, <laughs> like uh, David Soul made a pop record. Yeah, uh, but this is 1968. I guess it's before yeah, that. It's, okay. It's, it's all the same. So you, like you there did was, that then. Okay. But yeah. also, but there was more reason for him too in a way because yeah. he was a known commodity from Broadway. And so it was mm-hmm. like all right. And in '68, that transfers that translates to pop. Well, I mean, there's a diff- pop was different, and yeah, I mean, yeah. as referenced by this number here, like this is insane to say. Oh, how about this coming from Jimmy Webb too? Bizarre. The nice. label probably felt confidence of going. Oh, Jimmy Webb, dynamite, great. And '68's the year that fucking Sergeant Pepper came out, or '67. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that yeah, up, right, George, like because this I was going to say compared to this, like what? So what this, <laughs> okay, Aaron, if you know the. I don't know if you know the exact timeline, including the months of the years, but when did Jimmy Webb write this? And and when did that Bones McGee ask him what? <laughs> in 67, uh, because he was making a, an association record. Right. Cherish is the word right. in the, 67. So I'm, I don't know. I'm going to take a wild guess here and say it was post-summer, only because what's at this point, what is the kind of like, 800 pound gorilla song that has like different tempo changes, orchestration, right. day in the life, day in the life off of Sgt. Pepper's, oh, which came okay. out in June of 67. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Right. And so everyone wanted one of those songs, oh. but I'm assuming that's what's going on here. Uh, and there's but, a rationale about it, but like sure. there is, well, let's find some a, here. Jeez. There was a, <laughs> but there was a rock and roll. I mean, some, I mean, there's a million obvious issues with that, but yes, I think you're right. And also though you're confronted with gravitas, but no rock and roll sensibility in his voice and it only gets weirder. Uh, yeah. This is like Baroque rock or something yeah, exactly. with, with the harpsichord and everything, which is a real thing. Yeah, harpsichord, I, I, I by the way. It was, yeah. And, and, and there's no, like the Beatles were kind of, but first of all, the, don't try to achieve, uh, you know, day in the life. It's that you're, you're talking about these wizards who the most master craftsman geniuses of all of this. And their best record of all their records. (laughs) Yeah. They've just, so uh, these guys are so dumb. Just just one thing is just when Aaron, when you said that with the, with the, with a great measure of gravitas, it just felt like Jimmy Webb on harpsichord. (laughs) He wrote this. (laughs) He's on that. And then there's, um, and it's most of the wrecking crew. On uh, on proper band when the band kicks in, okay. I can see but that. they did strings all on. They did it all in two days. Did strings or in three days? They did strings for two days, and then they did the proper act, uh, which is again the Wrecking Crew. They've recorded in Hollywood, um, and that's what comes this. in I, for the bizarre part. I already feel beat up. Can we get to this? <laughs> They're asking a lot of you. Okay, okay, go. Cause it took so long to bake it, and I'll never have that recipe again. See, <laughs> wow, just a kind of falsetto. Okay, I didn't. Wow, he's really, and oh. he's really going for it. You're right. I mean, Donna's version is it fits with disco, and I get it. it what a brave choice for her to do this. Well, yeah. it's, look, I think what Aaron's getting so much hilarity out of, which I agree with him, is again. 
these guys who he, he later goes and says, "Hey, I really saw that cake out. You know, it was from a birthday party. He's left mm-hmm. on the ring." And then he's saying in the lyrics, "I." It took me so long to bake it. He's implying that he baked yeah, that the he cake. Wrote it, well, that he made it, yeah. Well, I get it. It's the relationship. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's saying <laughs> yeah The yeah, recipe. Course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to see an old fucked up cake, but it's just like, but then that, that little couplet. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like, when he started, it took so long to bake it. Oh, God. I'll never what? find the recipe again. Well, well, it's just, uh, it's, it's fucking Bones McCoy's fucking fault when he says, like, hey, explore the space. And, and he did. Yeah, I dude, mean, and, uh, he, he, and to his credit, he went, yeah, all right, well, I, this sounds stupid, but he said to explore the space, so, you know, yeah, recipe again, fits nice, okay. But also, like, like there, there is, this is not, what's sort of funny, and it's sort of a psychological button on it, is that, like, Richard Harris is in the studio being a star doing this because like because he's got this unholy confidence like this is not a man who's like fresh out of the american academy (laughs) of dramatic arts and he's like oh i'm fumbling around i've never been in a studio before he's got the sack of a thousand men to come in and and do this and like go "Uh uh-huh i mean uh, just to talk back button you're gonna do it that way yes i am (laughs) (laughs) And like what he hears that is, you're gonna do it that way. You're gonna do it this way. You're gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, this way. and and so like, oh, God, play some more, and then it starts to we we start we start to make some changes here. Okay. <laughs> okay. What an asshole! I recall the yellow cotton dress foaming like a wave. On the ground around your knees The birds like tender babies so the band's in it now. The band's playing now. And you can hear that's uh, that's Hal Blaine, Dynamite Hal. That's uh, Tommy Tedesco uh, on guitar. So this is like real deal. This is as good as this can. Musician. This is as good as this can get. <laughs> yeah, and it's about to get crazy. It's it's already nuts, but like. And then yeah. I've got a visual to go along with what happens next. Wait on me. I'm not minding the the groove. I mean, it's it's a perfectly nice song, nice nice arrangement, and everything. It's just it's so ridiculous. Oh my god, it's the worst. Yeah. And I have. All right, I'm going to save this for a few more minutes because we've got minutes ahead of us here. <laughs> long, long. Yeah, minutes. I realize. <laughs> play it, play it, play it till the thing happens. Okay. Let's Did you say MacArthur's with an S? <sighs> yeah. I, I don't know. Aaron, do you know? Probably not. Uh, MacArthur's Park is melting in the dark. Right, but so he's, he's called, yeah, he's, it's called MacArthur yeah, is it, Park. Is it yeah, named after it. General MacArthur? I don't even know. Well, first of all, the name of the park itself is well, called MacArthur yeah, but Park now and he's the name saying, of the song. He, yeah, he mucks around with the with – because the, now he's saying that he's – the park is also his relationship, as is the cake and the old men playing. Like he's, he's using – he's moving that around as like a little mm. chess piece. And now he's saying MacArthur's Park is melting chessboard. in the dark. Like it's falling <laughs> apart, uh, much like my relationship. The Etna chick. Okay, yeah, right. Parenthetical thing. I used to work one block away from MacArthur Park in the yeah. 90s. 
Well, where's uh, your song, fuckface? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing here's the thing. In from when I worked there from like '94 to '99 or whatever, unsafe to walk. Around. You didn't walk no, to. No, you oh didn't do no, any. Oh there's no. no, 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 no we weren't oh looking no. for cakes or anything no, in MacArthur no, no, Park. No, no, no. At best, you would you would drive by, staring straight ahead out of the corner of your yard. You might see a body floating yeah, at the right, top yeah, of the lake. No, 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 <laughs> you know, no, no it was. Yeah, right. It really was, and I'm not joking. Ra- it's in the Rampart district of the oh, LAPD. Yeah, it's no shit. And it's and it was. No exaggeration, the murder capital of oh, Los Angeles oh, sure, at the time. Sure. So yeah. that was that yeah, was where I worked. It must have been nice. There was a simpler time where he could meander. Uh, yeah, there's kids' I birthday mean, parties and stuff going on there. You know, that when you worked there, there was people on fire. <laughs> 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 All right, here we go. By the way, one of our favorite things, it's happened in another song, and I'm sure that we that we uh, talked about and probably will happen in the future. Again. Mm-hmm. He'll again. never have that recipe again. again because it has to rhyme with someone left the cake again. out in the rain. Again. It's very <laughs> English, like saying evil. <laughs> it's never evil. It's evil. Yeah. And you expect him, Richard Harris, He's to trained. lean into that. And uh, boy, does he. Boy, does he. Yeah. It's about to pick up here. Let's uh let's here let's press on. Oh good. <laughs> press on, brother man. Just kidding. So that it was, falls apart again. <laughs> no, it, it's it, Damon's exactly right. I never would have thought of it. That is that is shitty C-rated Sergeant Pepper. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. I never yeah. would have thought that. And I don't know yeah, shit dude, about Sergeant Pepper. It, it, but it that's is, what that is. is. Exactly what it, that is. Yeah, it's the hubris of everybody going, I've yeah. got one in me too. <laughs> you, fucking exactly you fucking don't. You fucking don't have one in you. You have Damon. my foot in your Never would have made that connection. That's exactly what that is. It sounds like it. It's like a shit version of it. <laughs> My other thought about this is this song, this perf- this version, this performance, this entire- Abomination is yeah. what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, right. Like a front to humanity. This should be relegated to the uh, the, the Rhino Records golden throats, that, that <laughs> Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner. This should it should never... be taken as serious as William Shatner. Yeah. Like... And so uh, <laughs> we have to once again blame the record buying public of 1967. Huge for... hit. Yeah. Who, who fucking bought this and took it seriously? Yeah. I just, I don't get it. Yeah, dude, it is bizarre. Like it was, it's, it, it's so weird. Like, and out of this atmosphere, like this is up here time-wise with fucking the doors like second record like what <laughs> that's what i'm getting at like that's what i couldn't so understand nuts. i've no i'm grasping so nuts. for yeah. uh, meaning here <laughs> but like you got like harper valley pta and all these kind of crazy songs too so like it was a wild time for music yeah but 68 like, you, yeah, yeah right. you get some really dark stuff like all of the door stuff this, this is sergeant paprika <laughs> <laughs> Here, let's let's hit it. We're about so to lesser, get to the lesser 
you know, uh, spice. Yeah. yeah, you're about to get to the uh, 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 Sergeant Majorum because it's about to get even kookier coming up here after this maudlin bit of business, and then it's going to fall into a, a disco inferno. Oh, here we go. Really? All right. Mm-hmm. Well, compared to the Bobby Blue Bland that we're listening to now. There would be another dream for me. Someone will I hope he's getting robbed walking this slow like a dope through MacArthur Park. I hope robbed. he got <laughs> Hey, is this your cake? Put your hands up. <laughs> He's robbing us of our time, our valuable time. So I hope that he got robbed at uh, you know time at, at switchblade point. <sighs> okay, it, it appears it appears we're not even halfway through this song. But. There's always a moment in this, no matter who's being tortured, because Damon's at the fucking helm of the fucking Enterprise here. That he, that he goes, oh god, yeah. oh god. <laughs> Okay, it's go, totally go, go. genuine every time. <laughs> just play. I want to get into oh, the next God. chunk. All right, we're trying to get into, just the, get next into the next chunk, and then we can have okay, we can stop go. it there. I will drink the God, come on. Keep playing it, Damon. But how, how can isn't it so crazy to imagine like Jimmy's Jimmy Webb's demo must have been kind of like this that he just that Richard Harris listened to him and went fuck yeah yeah fuck yeah, yeah. just like that. And I'm assuming this entire I'm just turning the volume down while we talk yeah. over it. But I'm assuming this entire version was the single. They didn't. It wasn't edited Dude, for yes. radio. No, it was seven strong, seven and, and change. There's no, radio, and there's no 446 radio edit yeah. that, no. that takes no. this out. <laughs> and again, Don, Diana Ross's disco version is shorter. Donna Don, Summer. Donna Summer. Donna Summer, sorry. Yeah. And how is that ever, when is that ever true? Yeah, right. Because you wanted to dance longer because you run Coke. <laughs> I, I also like the fact, and I'm, I'm seriously, that Donna just said, fuck this, you know, all this this rhapsody, these sweets you have in the song. We're just doing a disco song out of it. Right, yeah. It's, right. it's one continuous funky song yeah. through the yeah. entire thing. Yeah, because what happens as it, when this the, that chunk appears in this is that it suggests that it could be something else. And so she just went, oh, yeah, great. Take it. And when that, and when that part comes, I want you to think about... I want you to think about Richard Harris and Peter O'Toole drunkenly doing karate, uh, a drunken karate montage, <laughs> <laughs> like like in Step like, Brothers. <laughs> yeah, like where they're 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 like play fighting and just hammered <laughs> off their ass, and that's all I can think about when I hear it. There, I learned this from a stuntman on Diamonds yeah, of Forever. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Oh God. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh my gosh. You know, they're hopping over couches and Let's stuff. Let's go. Hi-ya! Hi-ya! Come on. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and there's no singing in this part, right? No, no. That doesn't need to be. <laughs> this is, this doesn't make any sense at all. Any rational person. This is a professional songwriter wrote this, and this, it was bought. Like this, people should have told Jimmy Webb to stiff it, you know, like yeah. and like hit the arches, get out of here. <laughs> nope. 
Kick like, rocks, motherfucker. <laughs> as much as I love Jimmy Webb, not this song. This is too much song, Jimmy. <laughs> and by the way, Aaron, Damon's right. This is four songs. This is four different songs. It's like a Broadway right. thing where they change and now dancers come out. Yeah. And they're all dressed yeah, he as devils got up, and whatever. He probably got up tight. He probably had four <laughs> shitty songs and like he was at the end of his pitch. And so they're like, anything else? Anything else? And then he just like <laughs> let this roll and all four of the song notions let together. And he's like, no, I like them all. so listen we heard what happened we know what happened it goes back into that ugly part at the end but like my point is made i I want to hear it i want to hear it all right do it it. ugly part at the end i do yeah all right are we still in this or they're going back down now things fucking hilarious do do it (laughs) quick cuts of karate yeah (laughs) (laughs) Now they're driving. And that. <laughs> and that. Now they're driving now, now in yeah. a sports car. <laughs> they're like lighting each other's feet on fire in exactly. beds yeah, and yeah, like yeah. just yeah. pulling pranks. Exactly. <laughs> just having fun. They're, they're, no, it's, a, it's like a, uh, it's a food fight. Yeah. <laughs> they're actually on this, this giant English countryside estate. Like one <laughs> driving around. <laughs> In a Maserati, yeah, it's, but it's a convertible. Yeah. One of them's driving like with with one hand holding a wine bottle out the side. The other one's up on the back, like with his feet up in the air, going woo, <laughs> holding a got like a golden goblet and just chugging wine out of it. Oh my god, let's find that cake. Hey, god. Sort of vaguely live and let die. It yeah, right. is totally. Yeah, 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 right. And this is before then. Which so, I was going to say, right. which is a few years away. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, McCartney had the sense to put that little section, like, just, just peppered throughout, speaking of Sgt. Pepper, peppered throughout the song. <laughs> this is like, this takes up about two and a half minutes of nothing. Just this. <laughs> just a- this is what you want when you got a real voice man, like yeah, right, like Richard Harris, right? Like, <laughs> Richard Harris is do fifteen minutes of weirdness in the yeah. Middle. We this is actually for our this long instrumental section is for our benefit because we yes. need to recover from Richard Harris. By the way, and his <laughs> vocal performance. And Aaron, without the karate visual, you're right. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <Hi-ya! laughs> And that's Richard Harris and, and Peter O'Toole. That's a shtick they do for their friends every time. Totally. Like, exactly. and their fr- they're and doing a the karate thing again. <laughs> yeah, their, their friends have to kind of laugh. At, oh, they're, they're, yeah, they're doing their... Oh, shit. They got their geese on. Yeah, Richard, Richard, <laughs> Richard Burton calls up Liz Taylor. I uh, hope you're sitting down. I want you to guess what the lads are up to now. <laughs> Hello, oh, hello, hello, darling. I'm going to be late. What? They've got their geese out. It's karate time, isn't it? <laughs> On the South Lawn. <laughs> They're in those giant estates, you know, in fucking whatever, Gloucester or whatever the fucking, you know. Uh, uh, and yeah, if, one, uh, if, if a guy tries to sort of like subtly back out of the room, 
where do you think you're going? And then he becomes part of the show. They start chasing him around with swords. And they get him like, 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 Kato, like he says, he says, we're done. We're done. He goes, okay, we're done. But then he jumps at him and to surprise him like Cato and Big Pat. Like, jumps out of the wall and like, rides his shoulders. Stop for, it. For some reason in my head, in addition to wearing the, the karate geese, they have on those Elvis sunglasses from the, from the seventies with the holes in the sides and the red lenses. Like, they, <laughs> they do, dude. They're having a blast. Just a blast. More wine, more song. Yeah. <laughs> They're on a brandy oh, bender, and, and they always, and they always just kind of dismiss it as like because they've they've knocked over like priceless, uh, you know, antique urns and yeah, stuff right. at this point, and yeah. you know, did donuts in the lawn and destroyed <laughs> sure. all, all of it. But they they just say oh, it was just a little silly boys' fun. <laughs> It's always it's always very dismissive of what they like. The, he said, just it's just it's fun with lads. Yeah, this is fun lad, with the lads. Silly lads. A, silly lads having fun, isn't it? <laughs> We'd like to make a weekend of it. It set Richard Burton's hair on fire, and we had a good time. <laughs> uh. Shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! Shut the, <laughs> so action, so actiony. We're now at the third round of this, right? This is so live and <laughs> That's let die. That's what I'm die. saying is that we've... This is so live and let die. It's almost like they, right? I mean, yeah. that part right there is almost, am I dun, wrong? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, because he was writing for it's an action very movie. very similar. And so he's just like, yeah, he, it probably was in his brain. Yeah. Like the only time Jimmy Webb is directly influenced. <laughs> did, 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 did Macca. Wrote, uh, did Macca wrote by yeah. Live and Let Die by himself? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because right. this sounds very similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny is that now that now that you mention Live and Let Die, McCartney having already created the masterpiece of of right. sweet music yeah, a right. few few years yeah. before, yeah. gets asked to to do a song and he he creates another one just effortlessly because right. the yeah. song Live and Let Die has a bunch of different sections in it as well. Yeah, right, yeah, right. At least three or four. Yeah, and he just sort of whips another one out. Yeah. And and these guys just can't. They can't. This is their contribution to that to that genre. <laughs> this garbage. Yeah. McCartney can just like if you could even say like uh, Uncle Uncle Albert is another one of those. You know, right. kind yeah. of. He don't try to compete with a master. And what? And also, like, why are you trying? Like, you're you're doing a sad sack. My old lady dumped me, and I'm wandering around in a park like a hobo. Why isn't action <laughs> sequence music need to come in? Yeah, Maybe it's not because it's not like he's getting back on the horse. And starting to date supermodels, he goes back to crying in his porridge later. His porridge. <laughs> what the hell is porridge, this? Don't I? Yeah, he, he's he's on the in the English countryside with with Peter and, and Richard <laughs> crying in this, his porridge. Go date this cruel. <laughs> <laughs> don't let me this cruel. It's like all of a sudden he's fucking uh, Philip Purrup. He's pip right. In- <laughs> And we're back to Oliver, the back musical. Back to Oliver. Back to Oliver. <laughs> Gee, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> All right. Yeah, Aaron, you're right. Like, this this maudlin sort of song, the way the song starts, They this would have still been a hit for all the dummies who bought it. I don't think the dummies yeah. needed this 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 ridiculous... <laughs> You know, oh. action sequence in the middle. Yeah, fucking uh, Gordon Lightfoot made a beautiful career out about it, getting maudlin, staying maudlin, and and gearing yeah. up to more maudlin later. He did. Yeah, beautiful dollar out of that. And yeah. this, <laughs> he didn't have to pep it up and you know give a, a montage of someone doing a car wash. You know, <laughs> and you know what? I'm now I'm thinking like a lot of the there's a lot of douchebags out there, and I, I'm looking at you, Sean Lennon. 
and and sort of those guys. Who are those guys who always play with with uh, Brian Wilson in L.A. Uh, the Wondermints is that their name? Right, right. It's it's all these guys who worship at the fucking altar of pet sounds. Right. And and they love this shit. They all just fucking jack off to this MacArthur Park song. I guarantee it. I guarantee yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, they, there's so much genius in there. Like, yeah, people talk to shit, but really, dude, really listen. No, fucking shut up. You know? <laughs> yeah. Fucking shut your face. I'm just waiting for someone to to Google. <laughs> Pet sounds jack off. <laughs> see what comes up. It's oh, a real they, PSJO. Oh, 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 they meet on third. <laughs> Not a JO, bro. A PSJO. It's like a Craigslist Dude, ad or a, or a Jesus. It's just, oh, oh, you guys meet Thursdays. Okay, great. <laughs> In Los Feliz. Okay, I'll be there. Whack off. <laughs> Just oh looking for a PSJ. Yeah, there, there, there's this way way too much fanboy uh, activity about shit like this. <laughs> like, I love oh I gosh. love weird sixty stuff stuff as much as the next you, guy. You do. I, yeah, I do. Right, yeah, yeah. This is just intolerable. This just is, feels like weird for weird sake. Like there's less there. Some of the stuff like back to the doors. Like some of the stuff that the doors get a lot of stick for about being like, oh, relax, Jim, and uh, it's oh, it's so overwrought. And it's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nowhere near this. They should be. They should be offered way more tisk 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 to the people involved with this nightmare. Yeah. Than any of the stuff that the doors were doing that had the balls to talk about stuff that people weren't talking about at that time. Right. And at you least know? Jim was on a roof in Venice on acid when he did like live in it. Like he was the guy. <laughs> yeah, he you was know? The right. Yeah. Oh my God, this is just, this is so, it upsets me on like nine different levels, <laughs> almost as many uh, uh, parts May- as there are in the song. It's in the song, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I also just pictured Donna Summer. The song has been presented and Donna Summer hears this version and her reaction is just, give me that. Yeah, right, yeah, right. <laughs> Let yeah, me do it. Yeah, like, wow. It's just, she's almost a genius for figuring that out. Yeah, for, she she cracked the code on this song. She did. Because right. this fucking thing is just not... I, I'd be curious to know if this dummy Jimmy Webb ha- had a reaction <laughs> to the Donna Summer version. Was he bummed out by it because it wasn't his vision? Till it filled well, his I don't pockets. know. I mean, you can't... He had to be like, dude, I, that, why do you think I had 19 parts of the song? One part's going to appeal to somebody, you know? <laughs> He's like, I got a summer home uh, because Donna Summer took a yeah, shot he, on a madman. Yeah, he got a he got a summer home from part one. You know yeah. what I mean? Like part one, and then yeah. and then he got a jet with parts two, three, and four. Yeah. All right, we're we're like another minute and a half. Do we have to keep? So well, yeah, I no, hear it. no, I want to hear. Like, it. I want to hear. It. Right. The guy in the torture chamber wants to hear it. I, I, I hear can't this, argue. I want to hear this quote ugly ending. I want to. Okay. Well, Aaron, I think Aaron means it just goes back to what the original yeah, no, section it, was. It, it, it well, I don't know resolved. that yet. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be the first ear and loathing ep- episode that crosses three hours. Uh, this is the part where I drive my opal off a cliff. <laughs> really, it is. Right, it's the big ending. Yeah, my right. yellow opal, and I just break through the fucking barrier, yeah. the the you know this the thing on the side, and I go right off into Laurel Canyon. And then in the in the sixties 
avant-garde music video of this yes, yes. you see the car go over the cliff <laughs> yeah. but what what hits the bottom a big birthday cake Birth. it just it just explodes on the why weren't the you cake. alive i know then. come on <laughs> old wet green frosting <laughs> dripping oh wow. god yeah and then it, all the word choices too and come on writing a pop song we'll talk about dripping and frosting and exploring the space <laughs> Yeah, explore the space, baby. I mean, again, he really got he really got set up for this for failure. I, I just didn't think cakes, you know. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of shit out in the world. I don't write a song <laughs> <laughs> about all of it. <laughs> There's a homeless guy peeing on the building down the street. Well, at least that makes sense, though. Where's the cake? Like, you have to think of something weird. Like he. <laughs> Have we changed keys at this point? <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way higher. <laughs> let's let's find the the very topmost of Richard Harris's range, yeah. and then go two keys above okay. that. Like again, you hired him for the gravitas, and now he's sounding like Tiny Tim. Gentlemen, Richard Harris. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And then Richard Harris and Peter O'Toole just collapse on the lawn in in their karate geese. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Intertwined, <laughs> laughing yeah. their heads off because they're yeah, silly right. lads, like, like <laughs> pouring wine into each other's mouths <laughs> from the bottle. <laughs> we did it! Oh my All god! Right. Uh, Let's oh go fuck some birds now! <laughs> All right, oh I'm gonna. Lord. I'm George. Aaron's was the first half. Mine was the second half. Those are the two torture songs. Now you have to decide who won. <laughs> which part do I? This is a dual presentation. Yeah, we- <laughs> Aaron and I are like Richard and uh, and, Peter. And, and and Peter. Jesus, Jesus, frolicking on the lawn. Jesus, Aaron, it's dark outside now. We started; it was light. It went- <laughs> George is Richard Burton. Jesus Christ! Dude. And I and I party, and this is bumming me out. This is bumming me out. Why do I come out and hang out with you, Jesus Christ? Okay. All right. So I guess it's my turn to torture George. Yeah. And Let's see what I got left. I certainly can't compete with the epicness. Of that, but I feel like it's not. I'm, I don't have a a bad. Con- <laughs> like, I don't know how you can fucking compete with MacArthur Park. <laughs> I thought I was I was looking good this week. No, no, lay, lay but, down. But I, uh, I have an emotional thing happening here. Go all on. right, I, I'm going to start the song and let it play for a little bit. Assuming you guys will recognize it, but then we can talk about it as okay. we go. All right, okay. here we go. Man. You ask me if I love you, <laughs> and I choke on oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather hurt you honestly 
that mislead you with a lie. Okay, yeah, I, so no, I'm very aware of this. <laughs> Sometimes when we touch, <laughs> yes. to be honest, Randy Van Warmer? No. I'm guessing. No, this is Dan Hill. Dan Hill. Okay, right. Yeah. Sometimes when we touch, 1977. Yeah, yeah. Woof. Okay. And this song, like the the his he Dan Hill has a great voice, and this is a very lovely melody. But these lyrics are I don't know how this song this song is way too beloved. It's of a time. It, it, it re- <clears throat> yeah. I don't know, man. I, I can't imagine that like even at the time people were were we're taking this seriously. But Is this 77? 77, yeah. Okay, yeah, right. So yeah. here we go. Yeah. And who am I to judge you <laughs> on what you say or do? Right. I'm only just beginning to see the real you. So that's the whole first verse. We're going to get into the chorus now, but no, I love I'm, I'm sort of okay with the, with the, with the first part. It's... It the, the it is a funny first line like, you ask me if I love you and I choke on my reply. <laughs> no, I, I one that gets me here right coming up is I'm just another writer. Yeah, that's in the right. next verse. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. The the chorus to me is just astoundingly wimpy and 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 fruity, and I don't I don't get why anyone <laughs> male or female would re- would fruity. respond to this. Yeah, listen to this guy. Here we go. Hey, is this guy a fruit? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. When he sounds fruity. <laughs> I want I want Richard Harris and Peter Tool to slide into this song and start kicking this guy's ass. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. Lighten up. <laughs> oh, it's so modern, isn't it? Have a good Karate time, Mike. Come on. This is, this is like a, a Monty so Python sketch where yeah, like yeah. Uh, there's like something's going on and then the, the last sketch suddenly appears. Um, yeah. come on, guys. So somebody get Dan some wine. <laughs> And I have to close my eyes and hide. So he just and said, hide? Yeah, he said, sometimes when we touch, the honesty is too much. And he has to close his eyes and hide. Must be exciting to be his old lady. Yeah. I was going to say. We're like, going to get into that. We're in front of the fireplace. and The, the, <laughs> the, next, the next few lines are... are, are Take even, me. No, I have to hide. He's about <laughs> as sexy as a fucking bunt cake. <laughs> It's been left in the rain. <laughs> That's right. Bring it together. <laughs> I want to hold you till I die. Till we both break down and cry. She's like, I'm going to pass on that kid. <laughs> well, there's there's a story. I got some stories for okay, you. Yeah. Hold you till the fear in me subsides. Yeah, like what? in what scenario do you want to hold somebody with the intention of both breaking down and crying? <laughs> well, because you're in love so much, I would think. Again, would you want that? Would you want any relationship to be yeah. like that? I, would would I would I and, and yeah, I, you, you make a point. But I when, when I heard this, I thought there is a generation of people that this was their wedding song. Yeah, <laughs> there is. Yeah, a generation of people that this people. is this is really this is their. You got married in 1978. This is your. This is the center of your soul. This is yeah <laughs> yeah. Well, this this song is as you say mm-hmm. beloved. It is. And <laughs> now I was thinking. When I looked, started looking into it, that I would like the first thing that would come up on YouTube would be, you yeah. know, a Family Guy g- goof on it or something. No. You know, and it's there are some humorous versions of it. In fact, just recently, The Simpsons used the song in in, in an episode, and there's mm-hmm. a few commercials and stuff that have used it in, yeah. in a humorous way. But for the most part, it's fucking beloved by millions of people. Like you said, yeah, wedding song, yeah, uh, 
tons of covers by respected singers. Tina Turner did it. Rod Stewart did it. Really? Uh, there's a there's a a big country version by Tammy Wynette and some country douchebag guy as a duet. It's it's a I don't get how you listen to these lyrics and hit, and the sentiment of this this kind of uh whimpering guy and and feel like there's anything romantic about it like as as I think it was Aaron just said like who what chick wants this sentiment coming out of a guy yeah, and I'm not I'm not coming from a macho place or anything I'm just talking about like a guy who just can't handle his emotions I mean like forget <laughs> macho this guy is he's he's a liability he needs to like, take some <laughs> Paxil or something yeah, that's what I'm saying like the, this uh this it's like this needy take a milltown <laughs> it's this needy kind of kind of uh obsequious place he's, he's simpering coming from. Yeah, yeah 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 he's simpering you i mean the thing about like if i i like to imagine that a tina turner version would have this weird thing where like <laughs> i like to imagine that she's coming from the perspective of i love this man so much but he's fucked up like he's 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 he treats me bad and I feel bad that I love him despite how badly he treats me. And so I need to take myself out of it. Otherwise, I'm going to die. So I, I like to imagine that her yeah. version of this has some, because you take, you get away from that simpering dude and maybe he's a liability like this guy is, but maybe he's a liability because he's dangerous in Tina's version. Oh. I, Whereas I, like, there's nothing like that happening in this sad sack Gomer Pyle version. You know? Yeah. <laughs> to, to me, it's scary how, 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 how. Busted, he is. so the, sobbing. Yeah. You're, Aaron's exactly right. Now, this the song itself is based on a real experience he had with a, a girl in the like what is this? Is seventy seven? So yeah, this probably yeah. happened in the early seventies. Let's say when he and and uh, it's very very well documented in a very long interview he did about this song. Oh, and sh- what was going on at the time was certainly not unusual. It was, she, he was going out with this girl, by the way, he's, he's also a, uh, this is somewhat relevant. Um, a multi ethnic guy. His dad was black. His mom was white living oh. in Toronto and growing up, you know, in the fifties and sixties and being the only guy of any color whatsoever. In, I like your pitch. Go it, on. <laughs> this is a movie. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, so he had a sh- kind of a shitty, shitty childhood and stuff. And, and, and just because he was, there's a lot of racist bullshit going on to, get to him and his Black family. Black in Toronto. Yeah, just do the math. <laughs> yeah. And so he was going out with this girl who they were super tight. and then But then she just sort of casually revealed to him that she was also boning um, a guy from the Toronto Argonauts or something. Like a professional, <laughs> professional athlete. A professional and, Canadian and, football team. And also, I believe, like a weathercaster or something. Like Wow. She, and so she was like very open with him. Like, we're not exclusive. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, kind of boning these, these quasi-celebrities. <laughs> Look, I, I'm and, fucking and, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> and I feel like like maybe the the reason, and I believe he, she, he revealed that she was white. So I'm thinking maybe... In her mind, he was another kind of local quote celebrity because he was the only kind of black guy in the, in town. Right, right, right. And so she's like, "Oh, I got him too." So, but then, so then, okay, this is where it gets gets really funny and sad and and bizarre. So he writes the song about her le- like revealing that she doesn't want to be exclusive with him and kind of like, hey, "I'm taking off with this guy from the from the Argonauts." Argonauts. <laughs> and 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 so he writes the song and plays it for her over the telephone. And her quote is, you know, Aaron's going to appreciate this based on what he just said. She goes, you know, 
you're pretty intense for a 19 year old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be careful. All the, like the song, you know, the, the the epilogue, which I'll get to now because it's it's not really relevant but interesting. Like once the song became a hit, guess who came calling? Oh boy! Yeah. Of course yeah. she came back because now he's a bigger celebrity than the local weathercaster. Hey Dan, how you doing? <laughs> uh, this is Sarah. Um, I heard your song. Yeah. Uh, wow. Right. Right. <laughs> but she got his phone machine. He goes, I can't come right, to the phone right, right now because I'm sobbing about some new chick. Who's yeah. well, I was just going to say, is this guy a friend of Rupert Holmes? Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I'm going to take this to a sort of problematic area, but it's, it's, uh, I, I'm, Whoa. and if hopefully I can handle this properly, but it, it, the, to me, I'm bringing this up only because it speaks to his choices as a songwriter. So post um, BLM, the, that, that was it uh, 2020, Kind yeah. of protests and everything that sure. were going on. Sure. Dan wrote a song called. Oh, oh no. Uh, by the way, BLM and the protests and, and what happened to George, that's no fucking laughing matter. I'm not making a joke out of that at all. But Dan's response to it was a song called What About Black Lives? And some sample lyrics are <laughs> single knee to the neck, body slammed to the ground, couldn't take a single breath, white policeman kneeling down. Now. Oh. Dan and I are on exactly the same page about what went down and our feelings are, you know, are, are exactly the same. We, we're, we're good there. It's the choice to write a song like this is so it's It just shows that like his choices as a songwriter and presenting these emotions he's feeling are consistent from sometimes when we touch all the way up to uh, a, a political event that's going on. It's I don't think he gets how silly he looks putting information out there like yeah, he that. says exactly what's on his mind so like he's, he's there's no you know like with the with the lady and with the political stuff like he was just so angry and so hurt about both situations that he says exactly first thought first thought best thought with dan yeah he just throws it out there and <laughs> a quick little quote i i want to i want to make um just to kind of show you what his emotions are like even up to 2021 now we're now we're past blm and we're in 2021 he's being interviewed again about sometimes when we touch is he 80 and, by now? What, what, Jesus. He's probably in his 70s or something. But um, he says, it says, uh, the, the, the writer of this article says, I'm quoting, we're two minutes into our interview about his 1977 chart-topping Juno award-winning polarizing song, Sometimes When We Touch, and Hill has already cried twice. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you imagine oh, what he God. was? When he, and then, then he wrote know? the song. He wrote the song when he had testosterone still. <laughs> Can you imagine him now? Forget yeah. it. I, I think what this is is the um, you know the thing they say about Arrested Development, where the year that you become famous, you always are kind of stuck in that year. Could be. I, I think that's what this is. Yeah. And he thinks, well. You know, uh, um, some somebody's been brutalized by the police and killed, and they need to hear from me. Yeah, <laughs> the nineteen-year-old in your head yeah. goes, "They need, to, they need to hear from me." Yeah, they need to hear yeah, from he's me. He's like, right "Well, now. if I'm going right. to, what good is my fame if I can't yeah, talk right. about what's going on?" Like he still yeah. is nineteen seventy-seven yeah. Dan Hill, yeah. and he's sitting in a in a Dan Hill mansion in the suburbs of Toronto, based on <laughs> on this song. So he's like, he "Never yeah, left." Look at me, look at me, man. I'm right. Dan fucking Hill. And by the way, in Argonauts, Of course man. they come to Dan. <laughs> yeah. And how about those knots? How about those knots? Hey, guys, go knots, huh? I like that kid we got, a, I got, we got. I like that kid we got a, a receiver this year. <laughs> you wouldn't think it, but I'm a real knothead. <laughs> it's 
especially after my ex old lady. But whatever. I just I just keep thinking of, of the of the girl. Just he's he's crying. He's crying. They're laying on a bearskin rug in the fireplace, and he's crying. And, and she's just like, "Oh God, Dan, stop crying. Just eat my pussy. <laughs> stop crying, Dan. Jesus, just go down on me. Yeah, put those trembling lips to good use. Dan All right, Hill. let's keep going with Dan here. Yeah. I got the lyrics of here, George, if you want to see him. I know them pretty well. Okay. Romance and all the strategy Leaves me battling with my pride But through the insecurity Some tenderness survives I actually like this, the first two lines of that. Romance and all its strategy Leaves me battling with my pride. You got you got to eat shit when you're when you're you know vying for a position in a, in a relationship. I that's that's a good line, but then but then he kind of derails this 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 point he's making about his insecurity and his tenderness. And here comes George's line. Yeah, I'm just another writer. Yeah, I'm just another writer, still trapped within my truth, a hesitant prize fighter. Within my youth. No kidding. That's just it. He's telling you right there. Yeah, right. At least he knows. At least he knows. He's telling you right there. He's trapped in his... He knows. Yeah. He knows. Okay. Uh, he, by the way, could be the first uh, use of the term my truth, which is yeah, yeah, which right. is a big thing for everybody truth, now. Yeah, like, truth, yeah. um, I I just uh, smacked a guy at a, at a Taco Bell, but that's just my truth, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, and then a hesitant prize fighter. He's very proud of that line, by the way. I think that might have been one of the points where he cried in the interview. <laughs> Reliving the line. Of, oh, which, God! Which I thought, like, Paul Simon kind of nailed that whole prize fighter thing uh, a few years oh, right, back right, right, in right, the boxer. Yeah. Right, so, right, yeah, yeah. anyway. Uh, so, now we get back into another chorus. When also, like, if, if Paul Simon, who wrote the wrote fucking Only Living Boy in New York, can reflect on that song and not sob constantly, then Dan <laughs> needs to fucking tighten up. <laughs> Sometimes when we touch, the honesty's too much. And I'll admit, this fucking song gets stuck because I've been listening to it for the last couple of days, and and it gets stuck in your head. Oh, it's a, it's, it's a catchy it's as great fuck. But uh, but the uh, the the lyrics, the honesty's too much when you're when you touch. What is? Women don't want to hear this shit. I'm sorry. They just don't. Like like his girlfriend, when he sang it to her over the phone, she's like, dude, calm down. What's wrong does, with you? Does anyone picture Robert Nero just slapping him? Come on! <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, or, or uh, Don Corleone. Yeah, just, you can act like a man! act like a man! Obviously, right, no one ever went up to Dan and said, Dan, come over here. Uh, let me tell you something. <laughs> just word to the wise. If you treat him like I still love you like fire. <laughs> they never told him that. So he's just like, oh, God, I love you. It hurts. <laughs> Shut up, Dan. They're leaving in droves, like a stadium crowd of women running away. Yes. <laughs> Drying them up like the Sahara Desert in here. <laughs> and I have to close my eyes and hide. I want to hold you till I die. Till we both break down and cry. Men... No, don't do this. Don't listen to this guy. Is this Alan Alda though? Nineteen seventy-seven. You know, you know what I- <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because that's the, that's the one kind of true cliche. 
yeah. from that era is like right. the sensitive. Right, right. I, I'm the I'm the feminist male. Yeah, but Alan know? Alda was a coxman. He was he was using that. There was a move. Baby. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah, I mean, like that. That's what Alan knew, and you know, knows today still. By the way, this is my one act play I'm pretending down at a theater on Hollywood Boulevard in East Hollywood. It's called uh, Alan Alan Alda Coxman. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to come see it? It's just a one act. It's, it's like forty. It's just minutes. him leaning up against a palm tree, looking at you. Hey. <laughs> When I fucked Pam Dauber, she was <laughs> hot lips Houlihan. Yeah. Oh gosh, <laughs> the most accurate nickname out there, <laughs> and I know of what I speak. Goodbye, farewell, amen, and here's my phone number. <laughs> I wanna hold you till the fear in me subsides. At times, I'd like to break you and drown. What? Big Jesus fills, Christ. big big on the yeah. splash, big on the ride symbols. Yeah. At, <laughs> at times I'd like to break you and and drive you to your knees. Jeez. Again, m- revealing emotions you probably don't want to say out loud. The anger of youth. Anger of yeah. youth. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like the uh is it is it is it uh Jackie Gleason from the Honeymooners? Like <laughs> one of these days out of this. Bang! Christmas. Zoom! <laughs> <laughs> at times I'd like to break you. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. So the only time he butchers up, he he he. he I love you, baby. Like, yeah. I, sometimes I imagine beating you, but uh, now I'm, instead I just cry. <laughs> well, Aaron, the, the next line is, but then at times I'd like to break through and hold you endlessly. Do, 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 does anyone yeah. picture like the Argonauts guy scoring a touchdown during this part? He's like, <laughs> oh god, this fucking guy! I want to break you. I. <laughs> well, I, I picture the Argonauts two touchdowns. guy. I picture the Argonauts guy scoring. Just uh, not, not necessarily uh, a touchdown. Not, not to touchdown. How can I compete with this guy? He's got two touchdowns this week. Ah. And the weatherman. Phil and the he's Joker. a weatherman. Yeah. And the, the, the weatherman saying, forecast wet. <laughs> At times I'd like to break through and hold you in. Times I understand you, and I know how hard you try. I've watched while love commands you, and I've watched love pass you by. Well, at this point now, he's lecturing her. If we're if we're referring to the same like one, we don't need this verse. I feel like we should have gone into the chorus and out. I'm I'm 100 percent behind. I, yeah, yeah. They maybe could have gone out after the first chorus, as far as I'm concerned. But I think at this point now he's lecturing her, like for her for her behavior with like boning yeah. other guys and stuff. Yeah, and lo- like basically saying, I've watched love pass you by. Like you're missing out on this. You got some Dan Hill action sitting right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah t- take a chance on a crybaby. Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> But then the passion flares again. What's he talking about? I don't know. Let me see this. Hold on. Shut up. I think we're drifters still searching for a friend. Maybe he's thinking, well, 
Okay, at least we can still be. If you're gonna run off with the Argonauts guys, but still, we can still be friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And then he also wants to keep boning, by the way, which is what he appears to be against. Like, I'm gonna let you, you know, drift away with the with the Argonauts guy. (laughs) Are you gonna cry or fuck me? (laughs) (laughs) Which is it, Dan? (laughs) He just looks at her. Come on, you know which one's gonna. He shows his back box of Kleenex. Can you pass me? I was just going to say that. Can, can you pass me the Kleenex? Oh, God. He reaches into the... Oh, I have to pee. He reaches into the bedside dresser, opens the drawer. She thinks he's pulling out condoms. It's the Kleenex. She just gets up, puts her robe on angrily. I'm going under the patio to smoke a cigarette. Yeah, like, can I use your phone? She's calling the Argonauts guy. 976 knots. <laughs> Robe angrily on. Can I use your phone? (laughs) Hi, uh, information. Yeah, uh, the Argonaut Stadium. Try not Argonaut's locker room. (laughs) Information. uh, Well, I don't know. Any man at all. (laughs) Literally. 976 Alda. Thomas is still in the field. Oh, can yeah. I can I leave a message? Um. <laughs> I think we're just going to go on a chorus here. Um, we got like a. I don't care if we keep on. We know the chorus here. Good, good fill right there, though. By the way, if you guys want to have a larf, I was so tempted, but we, you know, obviously it's it's difficult to do a video, but you got to see the video that, of him singing. Oh, I have to send you guys a picture. I don't know if you guys remember what Dan Hill looks like, and I've got one handy. I don't. Ready to, ready to go. But the video is, is fantastic because, come on. You... I have nothing in my head of him, a picture okay. of him, and I don't want one. You're, you're gonna, yeah, <laughs> I have to. Please let me do this. But um, now I forgot what I was saying. Uh, oh, the video. video. So, yeah, it's, it's Dan in the studio with the guys who play it on. And, of course, just like the, the Moody Blues look like, henchman from 70s tv shows yeah, yeah, yeah. the his backing band <laughs> fantastic musicians they're nailing it yeah. it's this is pro shit we got going here but um they're about as 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 unrock and roll as you can imagine At, they're about as quintessential studio guys from the 70s as you can imagine and dan meanwhile here comes the picture is standing there singing in front of standing up in front of a microphone with his hands in his pockets all kind of small and puppy dog right. and here here he come picture this guy here he comes I think he's looking for a piece of Kleenex in his pocket, an extra piece. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> By the way, this is what I pictured him looking at. <laughs> Sensitive puppy. Auth- authentic authentic Native American. Uh, 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 well, a sweater. Uh, um, yeah. well, no, what do you call this? A cardigan. Yeah. Not a cardigan or a, maybe a, a short robe, a shorty robe. Yeah. Or yeah. A... No shirt. Yeah. Hairy oh, chest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. What a jackweed. <laughs> and the the term I have for, for Dan... What does uh, he smell like? Something bad. What is it? Help patchouli. me here. Patchouli. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, we all know Something it's worse. It's patchouli um, and poutine or something, or I don't... But uh, if you just look at... He's got his... He's kind of like hunched in with his hands in his pocket singing the song. And he's got a great voice. I'll admit that. But he just just looks so, so weak. And and you know the, you know the term... Um, resigned. Fa- fa- yeah, failing upwards. Which is you just keep making mistakes, yet you yeah. you, you oh. succeed. I'm in Hollywood. I know. Yeah, right. So, so um, the the term I came up with for Dan was whimpering upward, <laughs> because he seems to just keep um, 
people still buy into his his kind of whimpery little bullshit. Although he's made a, a career out of it to the point where not only have people covered this song and it had many hits in different versions, but <clears throat> there's even modern versions of people doing it and it's like this brazilian singer featuring dan hill so he's like doing duets with people in modern times or this filipino singer really with dan hill like he's he's still milking this in his kind of puppy dog little whimpery way and his and his blm song and everything i just he's just aggravating and 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 i and i i almost think dan's a nice guy he seems like he's a nice guy but he's way too fucking sensitive you know Mm -hmm. Even way now. too yeah yeah way the world is too hard dan yeah <laughs> for dan's to, yeah, sensitivity you, yeah you need to toughen up and i'm done with dan. the song by the way we're okay. fucking done. i can't stop looking at this picture and i'm getting this fucking t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna get th- i'm not kidding i'm gonna get this t-shirt and i think it's gonna be i'm not sure if it's the t-shirt's black or it's not can't be yellow because it's got to pop yeah and yeah, there, people- there, there's got to be no no context. No, no, all. it's Don't just this. Anything. There's no Dan no, Hill. No, something. No there's pithy, no words. You know. Yeah, no pithy little thing like looks. Like, feels like a Monday. You know, nothing like that. <laughs> I'm not, just and damn. I'm gonna wear this out. And anyone who doesn't know, I just could treat as an asshole. I just, I, just, I, I want to have this T-shirt. And 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 make it like you every, want to hold it till till well, no, you die. No, every asshole that has like you know a Point Break T-shirt, yeah, and, right. uh, <laughs> Sanford and Son, and I have right. this one. I'm like, well, this is the next fucking level. And people will just, be able to. <laughs> of course, you're using this photograph, yes, Damon, uh, of for course, the, for the yes. episode. So yes, everyone, everyone will see it. Look at yeah. look at this. One more reason to go to the website. Oh yeah, but yeah. By the way, uh, George, can you please <laughs> make shirts for all three of us? What do you mean? Dan Hill shirt. Oh, oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, you don't what, just make one. Can yeah. I get it? Can I get a size or anything? You guys wear larges or XL tall, baby. XL tall. XL tall. Oh, yeah. the Johnny Long Torso. Just, sure, just get give right. me a large. Okay, yeah. a large and an XL tall. Yeah, got it. No problem. All right. <laughs> so, okay, those are there's your torture songs, George, and it's time for you to make a decision. Is it Richard Harris or wow. Dan Hill? Um, uh, you guys might be surprised by this uh, for both these. Um, uh, I have a. a a, a visceral uh, emotional reaction to both of these songs. <laughs> I, I do. And um <clears throat> as much not a as, good re- reaction. No, I it, yeah, both. Yes. A oh. good reaction to both. Oh. Um and I so uh when we talked about uh, uh music last week that our parents like, as soon as I heard this, and I did not make the connection this was the Donna Summer song, mm. which I do like and has a um a sadness or a pathos to me for the end of disco. Yeah, her her song it feels that way, and but I never understood the cake out in the rain thing at all. Yeah. I never, I would always mystified me. I did not know someone else. I thought this was her song. I didn't even know that. Um, but there's something about that melody with the harpsichord that reminds me of my mom. Mm-hmm. She must have well, because listened it's a show. To, it's like a show. She tune. must have listened to this. She, yeah, I she, told Amy that I wasn't going to do this it, song because of what you just said. Yeah, yeah, it just <laughs> like, it, 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 it literally what me, you said. It reminded <laughs> me. I got to do it. And then, and, and then with Dan Hill, um, very specifically from that time, 1977, when I'm a you know, eleven or eleven years old and first you know kissing girls and stuff, mm-hmm. and then and then that this very much sticks out to me is um, adult music and what it means like to be in love later in life, mm-hmm. and it resonates with me that that is that something. So these aren't necessarily, although. For me now, it's easy to see these are both horrible songs, and I've actually thought of Dan Hill specifically <laughs> as a horrible song that I might try to play yeah. for um, 
for everybody. And I, I just, it, it, the, the Richard Harris thing is so incredibly horrible with all the movements and it's a great effort, Damon. This is in any other week. <laughs> yeah. It really, cause that is really a terrible song, but I'm going to go with Richard Harris. Okay. <laughs> and Aaron is the guy who gets to claim. <laughs> and Damon the loser. <laughs> I have to fall. What can to I, fall. How do you compete with Richard Harris and, oh, and MacArthur but, but Park? Just don't cry. Just don't cry, okay? Just <laughs> yeah. don't be a man. Just face the you, I, know, you did a good job. You almost got there. You know, it's just you know I don't wasn't cry. I wasn't necessarily gonna cry, but I was gonna close my eyes and hide. Were you gonna <laughs> Were you gonna simper? <laughs> Fucking guy in his sweater. <laughs> All right, I gotta edit that. That's too long. <laughs> but okay, good good uh good torture good, session. Good, good discussions and really emotional for me. I'm really? not kidding, but yeah, I'll both took yeah, you back. Very much, yeah, very much and didn't expect it. And with this one I kind of did, but not the way it did. And yeah. Good good episode for me. Yeah. That's why you play the game sometimes. You In know, way, you, you get a little therapy session. You do. A little, little bit of cleansing and you know. Sometimes with the torture chamber we like to go, you know, hit deep. Yeah, yeah. It's it, this wasn't so much it wasn't so much physical, it was emotional. Yeah. And yeah. you covered brought, Black Lives Matter, Damon. Good stuff. It, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 What a tie in. And karate. Wow. Is there, is, there, is there a Peabody for this, or what's the thing for podcasts? <laughs> Potties? Is it called a pity potty? Uh... Pity potty? <laughs> That's for a bad pot. Yeah, I think Dan Hill's whole life is a pity potty. <laughs> Poor Dan. Oh, Buck gosh. up, Dan. Oh, God. Okay. All right, so... Let's uh, have some survey. Yeah, we need some survey after that, especially George, who's, who's on the verge of weeping himself. Yeah, boy, I am, yeah. Jeez. Sorbet. Sanitize. So here we go. Speaking of 1977. <laughs> oh, is this? Okay. All right. So far, I like what I'm seeing. And here we go. Such a rad song, dude. It is. <laughs> I have a confession. You hate it. Never heard the song. Really? What? I don't think so. Really? No I don't way. Think, I don't okay. think I have. This is spread your wings. It's what album? Me. It's on News of the World. Right. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the deep cuts on that album. Yeah, no, I've got a story. So yeah. okay, good. <laughs> I like it. I like. Well, it's. All I didn't see was Queen. I'm like, oh, I like it already. Sing better than that. You can't. Sing, one person sing better than that and deliver better than that and write a melody that's radder than that. Is this a is this a Freddie song? No, that's the interesting part. I was going to say it's, it's a, a John it's a John Deacon song. Oh no way! Yep. It's it fucking is. Johnny Deeks, dude. Johnny like, Deeks, yep. so insane. The Deeks man with a song like this that so clearly sounds like a Freddie song. Deaky, you know. <laughs> Deaky always like has a has a, a male character in every song. He does. Like yeah. there's there was Your Steve. Best. Your best, Steve. Friend. You're my best Steve. friend. 
Well, there's always a guy's name, though. It's like yeah, Steve, Steve Walk Rarely down, down the street. And that's, and yeah, the other one, yeah. Right. Sammy. And Sammy yeah. now. Yeah. But uh, I want to say this. I want to go on record as saying this. Mm. There, There is not a better... I mean, for all the masterful things that Freddie Mercury does, yeah. I've never heard a singer embody songs written by other guys in the band better than Freddie Mercury. Any band, song, yeah. like yeah. Fat Bottom Girls... Uh, written by Brian May. It's a Brian song, right? Or yeah. uh, I mean, the fucking when they do uh, Radio Gaga at Live Aid, that's a, a Roger Taylor song. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. then all the Deacon songs that he wrote, especially yep. another one bites the dust. But also, um, you're my best friend and stuff. Yeah. You, the way Freddie performs these fucking songs, and this one as well, I'm hearing it already. Yeah. As Aaron just said, that fucking note he hit. Yeah. He sounds like he wrote all of these songs. He does. What yeah. a, he committed to these. The, well, I mean, what a Freddie. I don't know. He was such a big personality and everything, but he was so committed to this band. And one of the few people that like is he gets an ass ton of love, respect and accolades and it's way underselling him. Yeah. Yep. You know, like it's he's totally being because now he's reached the point where he's like he's a he's a fucking T-shirt now to much of the world. And he's very beloved. Absolutely, too. But He's become so much of a teaser. He's almost gone beyond the serious artistic. Yeah, but dude, seriously, like you need to do it, but seriously to everybody when you talk about him now, yeah. you know, especially after the movie and all that, you know, bullshit, yeah. Yeah. you know, just like, but seriously, listen to what this man's all about, yep. you know? Well, and and I guess to sort of finalize my point is that it, we talked in an earlier episode and we were, I think we were talking about, is Prince a good guitar player? Yeah. yeah, yeah your right, question. Yeah, yeah. And what... I sort of came to the conclusion that, you know, people who aren't musicians or not collaborative musicians don't understand what it's like to be in a band and contribute to a band, which Aaron, I goofed on, I goof on Adam Clayton a lot, but I, I fucking love that guy. And he's just the perfect guy in you too. He's he's, so, and Freddie is, doesn't get credit for being a collaborative, collaborative force in this band. Yes. And loving queen so much, probably being the biggest queen fan. Right. Well, and to, to to make sure that these Queen songs all sound as as Queen as they as they can be. Oh yeah, and, right. And, and by the way, does anyone? I I couldn't. I can't tell me if I'm wrong here, but I can't think of another band, rock band at least, where all four members contributed the way they did in this band. Right. Like the guys that uh, there's not a lot of contribute contribution songwriting lines from Tom Hamilton and Aerosmith. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But the, all four of these guys really contributed to, write, to yeah, this. To act. write hits. Yeah, yeah they do. I don't, there's a lot. I mean, it, it's, I remember seeing the movie explaining that to my wife of like, nah, you don't understand. Like, this is a different thing. Like these four guys, the people contribute to a band like you too. And there's two main guys that run it. And the other two guys certainly contribute, and they're right. part of it. You can't do it without them. Van Halen as well. You can but, even make that argument about the Beatles. George yeah, contributing yes. more Ringo, than Ringo. Yeah, Ringo's, Ringo's not a writer in the way right. that But that these George guys, was, all so four of them, yeah. were, you know, and even in world in, class and vocally singing, all of them contribute. Not they just all, shredders on their instrument either. Not just that they yeah, were also right. world class pop rock writers. I know that's which what's is incredible fucking queen insane about me. Yeah, it, when, when it I heard, I didn't, I did not know. I've liked this song. I've loved this song since for a long time. I did not know till I read about it that Deaky wrote it. I assumed this was a Freddie Mercury yeah. song. I had no that's, idea. That you could always be fooled yeah. into thinking Freddie wrote any I song I in I Queen. I thought, oh, this is a Deaky song. I had yeah. no idea. Share a little more. I've got my fist in the air. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Right. Away, 
Yeah. Aaron's sword fighting like uh, Richard Harris and, and Peter O'Toole. Right now. <laughs> Take that! We're running up. This. We're running up a hill now with our swords to the top of the to the top of the glen or the. Yeah. They tied a sheet to their necks so they have like a yeah. little cape on, like flapping kid. their arms. For, you know, we can fly. <laughs> Acoustic guitar comes yeah, in. Oh, yeah. Love it. Do, do we know what the song's about? Have you? Is there any explanation? I, I I looked as much as I could. No, I didn't. Couldn't find like, yeah. an explanation of what they're singing, other than what's obvious about somebody. You know, doing everyone telling me can't do better and then doing better. Yeah, but no, no personal stuff here. Deaky's not going to come out of retirement to explain what spread no, your wings I, I really, is about. I really wanted to find out. Yeah. I couldn't find it. Sneaky Deaky. He spends his evenings alone. Okay, now I'm thinking it might be about himself. He's one of those closet ragers, though. Like, for, there's always footage of him just hammered off his ass. He's just one of those giggly drunks. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he's falling down, falling out of his chair, and going, ooh, and sort of, like, chuckling to himself. Yeah. But, like, it could be about, like, the vibe that he's sort of uh, Mr. Chuckles, but, like, sits alone in the hotel room while Maybe. the rest of the world sort of has 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 a has a laugh, you know? Yeah, well, Freddie's at orgies. Uh, Deaky's... <laughs> You know, <laughs> midgets and cocaine, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Diggy's ordering up another tuna melt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go crazy tonight and get a hot fudge sundae as well. <laughs> Don't judge me. Or as, and this is, I believe true, as they call it in England, a Nickabaca glory. <laughs> no idea. Oh, I haven't heard that for a million years. Yep. I, that is, that, that's a Sunday, right? Fred, what'd you do last night? I went to an orgy. <laughs> I went crazy too. I got a Knickerbocker glory with my tuna melt. With caramel. <laughs> you sound like an extra from Oliver. <laughs> That's the way we imagine all English people sound. Yeah. I'm not known for my accents. I'm known for a lot of things, just not those. Well, your Southern accents, you're well, a fucking master. Shorter, I mean, I think, come on. Clem Clemson. We know that. Beloved character. Oh, in In lore. <laughs> The 900 chord changes that just happened to us. Yeah, and yeah. that's so written on a piano too, which yeah. also then says, oh, so Deaky is sophisticated enough. I mean, all English people know how to fucking play piano apparently. <laughs> okay, they do. They're all playing like they grew up playing the music hall stuff. But like that's all like show tune music hall changes there. And it's so great and so fucking sweet and sophisticated. I so, love it so much. And it's from the bass player, you know? Yeah. Fuck. Is there- he just knows everything. Our sound system here is so shitty. Um, is there a piano being played in the background? Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, okay. it's from from the top of that song. There's a piano going on. Oh, I, I've been in that part because I'm hearing a lot of oh, Brian yeah. May right there. And from what well, I certainly, read, it's the piano changes leading up to the solo that happens. Okay. And from what <clears> I, I read too, uh, Deaky played the acoustic guitar in this, not Brian. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a nice oh, little yeah. lick. Interesting. Yeah, I know. Right. You wouldn't expect it from him, but no. he played the acoustic guitar in this. Wow. All right. <laughs> 
reason, melodically, imagine uh, Ray Davies singing this song. Uh, oh. It almost sounds like the, the chords uh, changes and stuff almost sound like a kink song to me. Hmm. Which is a good thing. I love yeah, the no, kinks. no, it is. I trying to. Yeah. But I just I'm, I'm trying to picture Ray Davies singing this, and it's kind of working in my head. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a left field thing. I, I I've got so little respect for the way Ray Davies sings that I have having a hard time <laughs> putting him in this like unbelievable epic. But uh, you know. He's a, he, well, he's, he's a, I'm not he's a saying, hero. I'm not saying he's, he, uh, he's a, a, like a Freddie Mercury style singer. I'm saying this, he could write a song like this, I guess is my right. point. Yeah. Right. I think, again, I think you might be including, I, I, I hear what you mean. And I think what my, my, my know nothing take is that maybe it's cause they're coming from the same show that I'm serious. Like it's the music hall thing. Like they all grew up listening. Their parents grew up listening to the same exact radio shows and everybody learned how to do it the same way. You know, uh, I think that yeah. that's, they're coming yeah. from the same little place. Sure. Now that's why you should do it. Not the way fucking that that talk singing. That's how you fucking do that. Yeah. Sting. Yep. Paul Simon. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. It can be done. Yep. Maybe you just have to be the best in the biz to do it, but yeah. uh, it can right. be done. Yeah, F- Freddie never phoned in anything. Nope. No. This has got to be Deaky's payback to some shitty bar job he had. I don't know. I, I didn't. I couldn't find anything. I really expected to, and I couldn't find anything hmm. about what this is really about. ever drum along to this oh yeah i'm drumming right now right now right now <laughs> yeah oh yeah i did this song would be a career defining song in anybody's uh arsenal and for queen it's like Ah, oh, it's a fucking rad deep cut. I right, wonder. That, if, you know. That's my point. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's yep. absurd. Yeah, it it's is. absurd. It is. it is. Was this a single or anything, or just no, an album that, track? That's, that's what's interesting about this is that. So, and I didn't know this till I read about it. Now that, but so this was not released in the United States as a single, and from News of the World. And what I didn't know is also they had um, critics and everybody come down on them because of Day at the Races and Night of the Opera were so. Bohemian Rhapsody. Orchestral and everything. Yeah, of course, that's, and so big. Yeah. And so for News of the World, they decided to really break it down in, you know, the movie kind of, you know, cartoony version of this of... Yeah. It is the most extreme thing of just breaking it down to nothing. And the, the idea of this was, well, let's strip this all down. Let's make this into... This is know, a rock band playing. That's right. what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. And, and the most important thing about this song in particular is, which I didn't notice till I read about it, was there is zero background vocals on this. I was just about to it's say just that. just Freddie. When you were done with your thought, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, maybe why yeah, this yeah, was never yeah. considered as a single is yeah. because it doesn't have that signature queen sound. It doesn't, and they didn't of, want it to. They did it on purpose because they yeah. wanted it. To, they were tired of being criticized for being, you know... So big and so much. Yeah, like the multi-track so vocals. Over, and yeah, they yeah, want, it's it's yeah. begging for the spread out right, away, and they didn't do it. Fly yeah. away, 
and, they, and it's they do not give it to you, and it's still epic as fuck. Right, and that's the thing, and and so, and the other thing was that I think I I'm in, interpreting this, but that because you guys remember that we will rock you, and, and uh, we had a champions. You guys remember when that was cool and wasn't a you know football stadium fuckery that it's become. Yeah, and it was an actually cool and and it was one song. They always played those together because that's the way it, the record opened and the way it flowed. And we are the champions. So much overshadows everything, and still probably no, not probably for sure is the height of their career. Even another one bites the dust, the crazy little thing called love. Every other hit they had. Still, that song, We Will Rock You When We Are the Champions, is the top of their career. Hmm. And it overshadowed this record so much that there wasn't room for anything else. And, and It's Late's on this record and Fight from the Inside. And there's a lot of great tracks on this record, this one included, that you don't think about what Aaron just said. On anybody else's record, this is the lead singer. <laughs> yeah. But not in the one with We Are the Champions on it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, it, it was amazing to me. And for me, the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is too much. And I never really was a fan of that, and, and everybody knows that that wasn't a huge hit when it came out. It was did okay, but then it really started to live after Wayne's World, mm. and then and then We Are the Champions was a a lesser version of that. And this really, for me, is the sweet spot. This is really them. This is really all those ballads. Really. The best part of them is this song. Mm -hmm. Like Aaron said it best. That's it. anybody else's record. This is a, this is the single, but not this one. Well, I want to I want to know it all you for a second, George. That Bohemian Rhapsody was a big fucking hit, but was it was it? a testament to how big a hit it became later that it dwarfed the bigness of a hit. Yeah, I mean they got they had a career resurgence and it saved them because it was such a big hit. I didn't especially know, especially after the expensive record. It was a massive hit, but it was an even even bigger massive hit. Right later, like it became like. Michael Jackson world hit right, later yeah. where it was a big hit for a rock band because and it was audacious and da, 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 da. But it's a testament how like otherworldly upper echelon hit that it became where it became like air, you know, right. Later. Yeah. Right. The, but uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, compared to that, it was, it was a, 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 a smaller hit. Cause I don't remember liking it that much when it came out, you but I like was it young. Now. But I was Sounds young. Like I don't like it now. I, I don't. And and uh, the other thing is interesting enough for me was that I didn't even I wasn't aware I wasn't aware of Spread Your Wings at all because I was 11 years old when um, when News of the World came out and I just listened to We Will Rock You and We Are the Champs like everybody else. But then they did Live Killers after that, and that was a great introduction to Queen for me because it had everything on it. Mm -hmm. A live record's kind of a great great yeah. yeah, and it had so many things on. It. Like I never I never would listen to Let Me Entertain You. Or this, and there's so many dreamers ball, so many things that are on that record. I never would have paid attention to, and I learned "Spread Your Wings" from that record, mm -hmm. and that's when I started loving it. And I loved it much later on in life when I could identify with these lyrics mm -hmm. in my twenties. But uh, but yeah, I just love this song so much. That's why it's, it's late. Is so fucking good. God damn. Yeah. Like those songs are just they really so, still like get me so deep. I, I know, love right? It. Yeah, off that record, and but the other two were yeah. so big that it's you know. So happy you picked this one. This is this is one of the ones that like everybody in the world should have this on playlists that they make for Queen. And if they fucking don't know already, fucking get yeah, it's, on. That's why this. I did it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. kind of over now. <laughs> it just goes out like this. It just goes out. But I want to listen to Brian May. Do it. 
That's not Deke playing the lead, is it's it? Not, it's okay, not. Okay, yeah, that's got to be Brian. It's Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I think I could honestly say that Brian May is, unless I'm missing something, I think he's my favorite guitar player. Oh yeah, he's. Yeah. I can't think of anyone who, when I hear them, put it this way: like, I love Donovan, and if you ever yeah. listen to him finger pick his folky stuff, yeah, which is stuff I love, yeah, like I love that too, but in a different way. If you if we're talking about lead electric guitar players, yeah, I I don't think you can top Brian May for me. Everything he does is just so. Even if it's a Queen song, I'm like, eh. But the second that fucking Brian May guitar comes in, I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm listening. I, I agree with you in that. Um, the only other thing I would stay is is Eddie Van Halen, where either Brian or Eddie, even without the vocal, you there's no question who you're listening to. Yeah, like this is a Van Halen song. This is a Queen yeah, those song. Those two yeah. dudes, you absolutely know, own their tone. Yeah, like you like two, this yeah. is they who own this their is. Tone. There's not like maybe this is Aerosmith. It's not. Yeah, it, you know what this is immediately. And, and, and interesting uh, aside to this is so. If you get a chance, which I, I kind of remember this from Don Kirshner's rock rock concert and stuff, so the video for this, they make it in the snow in in, in Roger's garden of his villa, <laughs> yeah. and they're really cold and everything. And it's the one where, if you guys remember, they're all dressed up and real heavy. Like Freddie has like almost a fur coat on and the star sunglasses, oh, almost nice. very much like uh, like Elton John. And they're outside in the snow. And and Brian is um, Brian's so concerned about the weather and his guitar is called the Red Special that yeah, he built himself. Course, yeah. He's so concerned about the the weather that he has a copy built of the Red Special because he's not taking it out in that weather. I'm not. I don't want it. He doesn't want it messed up. He's like, I'm not. I uh, know. No, I'm having one made for the for this video because I'm not. And no one made videos, and it's 1978. Like nobody did that. But he, but he, I I was fascinated that he's enough cared about his guitar that he's not taking out in yeah. that snow. No way. Nope. <laughs> Coincidental fun fact. Aaron's West Tone bass was called the Red Not-So-Special. Yeah. The Maroon Mistake. The Red Just Okay. The, the Red, it kind of stays in tune. <laughs> the Maroon Missing a Knob. Yeah, and uh, by the way, I'm going to say I'm I'm taking Brian over Eddie only because not that I don't love Eddie, yeah. he's a fucking yeah. monster in my life, but Eddie was known for that fast tapping and everything, and which doesn't turn me on. It's everything Brian May does is melodic. It is, yeah. It, it yeah. he he plays Agreed. slower solos. He's the real slow hand. Fuck Clapton. Yeah. Brian May has it's his, it's his touch and his melodic sense is just so perfect to me when i hear uh, when I, if i want to hear electric guitar i want you to sound like brian may everyone yeah. else can fuck off <laughs> definitive statement from get my bro another one do you hear me i said fuck off that's perfect yeah right Well, I can now say I've heard Spread Your Wings, yeah. and I can now yeah. say I love it. Good. I'm glad, because that was my I, my point was to play something that maybe no one had heard before. And it's a great song, and no one talks about it. Yeah. 
Well, it's it's guys, it's guys who actually know what they're doing and do it well, as opposed to Richard Harris and Dan Hill, <laughs> who are just kind of dummies. Um, Something that someone let loose in the studio. A, a quick, uh, quick earlier. Uh, Dame and I were talking about how in L.A. you run into celebrities, and that's just something that happens. So it just occurred to me, quick Brian May story. That, that okay, so I'm. Uh, this is during when I'm working on Everybody Loves Raymond, and I'm the writer's PA. So I'm in charge of getting lunch, and it's a big deal because Phil Rosenthal, the runner of the show, is a foodie, and gotta get lunch. And anyway, um, Cadel Soul is an Italian restaurant right near Universal Studios. Okay, and it's right at the. Um, right near the LA river and right near where the studios are. And it's a, it's a difficult corner to get into the parking lot of it. It's a tough left turn. It's a lot of traffic, Yeah, you know, and I'm trying to get lunch there on time and now I'm waiting to turn left and there's a PT cruiser in front of me. And this guy has pulled in and stopped in the driveway where I can't. Now I can't, you get, can't make your move. I can't make my move. Traffic's coming. Like who the Fuck, who the fuck is in my way? I'm on a hit television show. I'm trying to get blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And door opens. All I see is the, the mane of, of black hair, um, a kimono, <laughs> which is belted yeah. with jeans and clogs. Okay. And, and, and I'm like, is this Paul Stanley? And it turns around and it's Brian May. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, and I'm immediately in, in conciliatory. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's Brian May. That's fine. I'll wait here all day. I don't give a fuck. Brian, sir, it, can it, I park it, your car it, for it, you? It's Brian May. It's Brian May. And I'm forgiving he's in a PT Cruiser. It was a popular car at the time. Yeah. It was a kitschy kind of car to have. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. It's Brian May. Yeah. That's okay. All this forgiven. If it had been anybody else, I'd be like, ah, get out of my fucking way. And like, by Dan the way, Hill, <laughs> fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> Ian Hill. Or, sorry, Dan Hill, fuck off. My fucking way, Dan Hill. Stupid. Your sweater sucks. Yeah, right. He's sweat- <laughs> but he's in a belted kimono. Right. And I'm like, of course he is. That's what you wear when you go to Caudill Soul and you're Brian May. <laughs> if, and even if, let's say, you didn't know it was Brian May and you got out to confront him about his, his bad parking yeah. uh, uh, etiquette. Brian May is the nicest guy in the world. That within three seconds, that. you'd be his best friend. <laughs> he'd, he'd apologize to you and say, "Oh, can I buy you buy you dinner or something?" You right. know, right. he's such a nice guy. Let me get you lunch. Yeah, right. can I buy you a pasta fagioli? <laughs> <laughs> do you like Do you like pumpkin ravioli? <laughs> um, I, <laughs> yeah, he and I. And by the way, I don't. And I had to look this up. It, he seemed very tall. Maybe it was I the hair. It was, Maybe yeah. it's the hair. Like he he's six seven with the afro. You know, that kind of, like. <laughs> But I think he is actually a taller. He, he seemed guy. A tall. He yeah. seemed very tall. He got out of the car and I'm like, "Who the fuck is it?" Yeah, Nobody, yeah. But yeah, Brian May in a PT Cruiser yeah. in a belted kimono. He can only in Los Angeles. Right? He can roller skate in. <laughs> he could. And he could. I don't care if it's Brian May. He can do what he Does wants. Does what the fuck he wants. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that would wrap up episode twelve. Big episode. Yeah. Big. My favorite Big number. Up. Bob Greasy. You know. That's why I love it. That's you know? right. Yeah. Just wow. All right. And uh, I was going to say it's Jim Kelly, but you can oh, have no, your Bob no, no. Gracie. Oh, absolutely. I'm happy to share. So many number 12s from the 70s. <laughs> That's, That's right. Yeah. Bradshaw. Uh, Stabler. Yeah. Roger Staubach. Everybody was 12 in, yeah. in the 70s, man. That's right. Don't the guy on the Argonauts that was boning <laughs> the, the guy on the Argonauts. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the reason he wore that jersey, don't you? 12 inches. Hey, Good night, everybody. Hey. And we close with a dick joke. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should go out on a dick joke. Uh, we should. 
<laughs> this has been episode 12 of Ear and Loathing. By the way, I don't know if I mentioned this, but you can go to earandloathing.com. You should. And uh, you can you can poke around there. You can uh, go, go onto our social media, see what we got going on. And uh, I guess f- saying goodbye to my, my beloved Gitmo bros. Uh, we're going to sign off episode 12. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, all. Beep. Ear and loathing. Mic number one, mic number one. Isn't this a lot of fun? Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I'm, I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next week for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye. Goodbye.